0: Hello there. You're listening to the Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today, our special episode is going to be all about breaking down the greatest of all time masterpiece that is, Breaking Bad.
1: What to put for the music. Gotta put that sexy theme song. Very sexy theme song. I can't even do it. (laughs) (laughs) You can do all the impressions of the characters, but not the theme song. I can't do the impression of the theme song, unfortunately not. All right. To start off with, we're just going to talk about. I mean, this has been a long time coming. We've teased it heavily. It's bled into many discussions of other movies and shows. And we have finally. Had the time to dedicate a full four hours. (laughs) A nine-hour special to Breaking Bad. I would have rather done a nine-hour special on Breaking
0: Bad than Avatar, to be fair. I would like to make that clear. I mean, we could do it. I mean, yeah. We could. This could make of, a whole sub-podcast where we do, do 40 minutes on each episode. And that's what I'm saying. do all 52 episodes.
1: This is actually, instead of an episode-by-episode episode breakdown, we are doing scene-by-scene. Scene. So, strap in. We're going to be doing a massive marathon. Um, but anyway, yes, we will be talking about the overall show. Talking about it in chunks of the seasons. And focusing heavily on the overall story arc. And then the arcs that the main characters... The main cast goes through, uh, but to start out with, we want to talk about our relationship to the show, how we first discovered it, when we first watched it, how many times we have watched it, is Dylan, you have done it so much. Uh, I have. It's one of the shows I've watched the most
0: of. Like, there are episodes that I could probably just quote the whole thing. I love it so much. Uh, When did I first watch it? I remember... Our friends in high school used to talk about it all the time. And the only thing I knew about Breaking Bad was that he had cancer and he made meth. And in the end, the cancer didn't kill him. And I was like, that's stupid. Why would they give him cancer and then not let it kill him? Like, what? And so I like adamantly didn't watch the show. And then Better Call Saul came out and my my friends were huge fans of it. And so I was like, all right, give Breaking Bad a shot. We'll give it a try. We'll
1: see if I like it or not.
0: And bro, I loved it. It's so good. What a, what, a, what
1: a turnaround, like literally We're gonna, my favorite show of all time. <laughs> you need to have a counter for every time you say, it's so good <laughs> on this episode. Yeah, immediately. You have a little ding every time it goes off. Um, but okay, so was that early high school then that you started, um, you watched it?
0: I would say mid-high school, probably was the first time I watched it. And then...
1: Mid-high school, okay.
0: I watched it again, probably at the end of high school, and then maybe another time... I'm trying to remember how many times I've seen it. I think I've only seen it three times. I think I saw it the first time. I watched it again at the end of high school. And I spent a long time not watching it. I started it again with Alexa like a year or so ago. And she only got through the first season. And then I finally watched the whole thing on my own. Start to finish in preparation for the show a couple months ago.
1: So, there you go. Nice. Yeah. So for me. I We had talked about it before. Um, on one episode, but obviously Breaking Bad. I mean, it was a massive cultural phenomenon. So knew of it, knew of its quality, all that good stuff. I mean, you knew the goatee, you knew about the blue meth. Um, so all that stuff was. I was always aware of it, um, and then one day, and I can't remember when this. Maybe was early high school or something along those lines. I'm just sitting down watching TV, flipping through the channels. Back when people used to do those things, uh, and then I arrive on AMC. I see Breaking Bad, and I'm like, oh, I hear so many good things. I'm like, oh, let me just, I had nothing to do. I'm like, all right, I'll watch this. I'll watch this play out. The episode was Ozymandias. That was the episode I happened to stumble upon. Of all the episodes in Breaking Bad, it was that one. And so the clearly I was like, the show. yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is an amazing show. And again, me having no knowledge of what's going on, any emotional investment or anything like that, I was floored with the quality of it. But, yeah, it spoiled a whole bunch of things. Also, I mean, it so goes without saying, you, we will spoil things for Breaking Bad. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, take our love and enthusiasm and passion for it as an immediate sign to go watch it. Just go and watch then it. come it. listen to the show. It's amazing. It's so good. So, so do that you, and then come wait, listen. Wait, did you go, when you started watching it,
0: did you watch it knowing that Hank was going to die at the end? Yes. That sucks, dude. I know.
1: It was so, so bad. And that happens like it's quite frequent. Like in Game of Thrones, I knew I knew spoilers for that, although I don't know who but I knew Ned was gone. I knew who died in the Red Wedding. So there are many things like that that I knew they were coming. They were still effective and whatnot. But yeah, unfortunately, I knew how Hank was gonna die and when he was gonna well, I didn't know which season, but I would always if there was a desert around him be like, Oh snap, Hank, look out. But yeah, I anticipated that would come after because I knew that Hank knew. And so for the four and a half seasons where Hank didn't know. That's I was a like, lot okay, of spoilers.
0: This is this is probably the most spoilerific episode you could It have is
1: because it's where everything They happens. just talk about everything. Everything leads to that. Like that is the payoff of the entire the season. Entire That's show. what everything's leading towards. And again, we're gonna try to refrain from zoning in or honing in too much on particular episodes and particular moments. <laughs> those Trying those to do movies. more holistic view of the whole show but we will dedicate i'm saying as we will dedicate another special episode to ozymandias to talk about like a perfectly written constructed executed episode of a television show because that is just flawless it is amazing from beginning to end but yeah so i watched that i was like jesus what a great show but for whatever reason i i knew that i didn't want to jump into it yet i was like i'll i'll get there i knew i was going to watch it at some point. But at that particular time, I was like, I can't carve out the time or the space or something to do it. Um, and that was also, that was like early high school. And again, I think I was, I knew enough that I was like, I kind of want to wait till I'm older to watch it and fully appreciate it. Um, and so, and also at that point, maybe it was on Netflix. I don't know if I had Netflix at that point, but yeah, it was also like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to see the full show mm-hmm. front to back. Um, so I didn't watch it. Right after seeing the Ozymandias, but I knew I was like, OK, that's number one on the list of this has to get seen before I die. So then in high school, same deal. All the friends were hyping it up. And I'm pretty sure you were pretty influential in making me ending up watching it because I watched yeah, to senior in your year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you were hyping it up. I'm sure I was um, pushing
0: it. I'm always pushing Breaking Bad on the, everybody. Like if you yeah. haven't seen it, <laughs> Alexa's is sick of me trying to get her to watch it the one thing alexa hates is is someone telling her what to watch like she won't watch something if you tell her to watch it why and so that's like what the tell me, point tell is me about word it.
1: of mouth what is she
0: tell do? me about it. But I, i've tried to get her to watch the show so much and i i made her through the first season and i'm like you just gotta get to the second episode of the second season and you'll be hooked i promise and she's like that's like eight episodes and i'm like yeah you'll do it you can do it i promise you
1: <laughs> yeah that's she definitely needs to end up watching it she doesn't know what she's missing, but. Whenever she does watch it, she will know. She will be enlightened. I just know that she'll
0: get spoiled, too. She'll look stuff... Like, if she actually gets invested, she'll look stuff up about it and then just get spoiled.
1: That's also my... I don't think with Breaking Bad, I have too much. But when I get, like, passionate about a thing, then I start looking things up. I start revisiting scenes and then things that end up That has happened to me. Slipping too, yeah. through the cracks. And I'm like, God dang it. And so, do with Better Call Song, because right now I'm, just I'm hyped up, up on Breaking anything. Bad. So I'm, like, strictly making sure... Like, I was watching a couple videos um, the other day on Breaking Bad, and then they started going to Mike's backstory, and I'm like, no, 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 that's got Better Call Saul in I know for sure. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. no, I had to click away. So I'm trying to preserve Better Call Saul so much, because um, I want to go into that blind. I'm struggling right now, because I want to watch the fifth season of Better Call Saul
0: so bad, but they, they, it's been like a year and a half, and it's still not on Netflix, and I'm so mad they haven't put it there. And I want to watch it so bad because it's supposedly the best. Like, it's the same thing as Breaking Bad where the seasons just get better and better and better as it goes on. Ah, I'm like, like, let me watch the fifth season and they won't put it on Netflix. And I'm furious, dude. And I'm trying to avoid. (laughs) It's been a year and a half and I don't know anything that happens in it because I've been avoiding spoilers like crazy. That's impressive, though. Tell me about it,
1: dude. God,
0: I'm so mad. But yeah, you should should start Better Call Saul as soon as you can, dude.
1: I will. Again, we're going to. Make an episode on that again. I was trying to look up because I was trying to see okay when do I need to start watching this so we can so I can be caught up when it comes out and mm-hmm. we can do an episode on it. Um, and so I was trying to look up when is season six coming out. But all the articles that do that they usually try to sneak something in about like here's where we left off on the show. I was mm-hmm. like oh god I'm going into the thick of it, no no into the danger zone. And I didn't find any answers, but also found no spoilers, so that's good. Um, but yeah I don't know when. 2022 at some point and they say early like spring but nothing's been confirmed yet so I don't know but yeah that's amazing and what you just said there about every season getting better as it goes along I've never seen that done in a show before like perfectly done Mm -hmm. like Avatar I personally do like season 3 over the other one so that technically fits the mold but this one it's like so obvious to me how the quality, like, because it was always good. Like, it started out extremely good, even in season one. It's crazy to me that Alexa wasn't hooked after season one. I was hooked on the pilot when I first watched it, and then there's mm-hmm. multiple moments throughout that first season that are so engaging. So I don't know why. Like, comparatively, it's slower to the later seasons, but even then, it's still yeah such a high class show. Um, but yeah, the fact that each season things just get so much more complicated, and that everything. Continues from what came before it, like perfectly so. Like, nothing gets dropped, everything in the world has consequences, and it comes back around.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. But there is one arc that we'll talk about that I am disappointed by in Breaking Bad. There's only one arc because I think it's kind of useless, other than the fact that it comes up once in season four. But we'll get there,
1: we'll get to it, and I'll defend it. I I know you, you know exactly (laughs) what it is. I know (laughs) you'll defend it, Mm -hmm. but um, it's not like it's again, it's not bad, it's just not on par i don't think so. well again it's hard to because so many things are just out of this world in the Breaking bad show like it's so well done so that something like that which is yeah tame compared to the rest of it uh might feel subpar no, but i still think it is tame. i think it serves a purpose and again it's also let's not talk about it because we're being too vague we'll get there we'll talk we about it when we get there but yeah i want to know what you would have had them do that's that'll be my request you gotta give me what would you wanted them to do that would have made it on par or would you want them to drop it overall because i think that would be even worse um anyway so senior year i'm getting told to watch it lily brennan all these people are like yo watch it and so i'm like okay towards the tail end of senior year i'm like i'm gonna do it and then i did and it was bloody fantastic it was amazing that whole because it like bled into the summer of me watching it because you know i like to savor my shows i don't try to go through all at once um and so it carried me throughout most of that summer and it was just it was the best thing i'd ever seen it's my favorite show it's definitely your favorite show it's definitely my favorite show um, so yeah that was a phenomenal it's just see. the
0: best show it, it really is. is and it's one of
1: those things where it's so hyped up like you know it's talked about as the greatest show ever it's a cultural phenomenon i mean it was massive and you're like it can't live up can it I know, right? oh it can it legitimately can't can. And the fact that, and again, each season, your expectations go higher. Like, how can they top that? How can they go above that? Like with Gus in season four and then going into season five, like how can they possibly top it? And then they do time and time again, they do. They prove themselves. It's fantastic. My second viewing, I got my mom to watch it um, and we decided to go at it each week. So it was somewhat similar to how people would see it back when it was actually airing. We didn't so have a year break. Those,
0: yeah, those season-ending cliffhangers. Like, I'm getting yeah. the Better Call Saul, dude. Because uh-huh. I was watching it week by week as it came out. And, dude, the cliffhangers in Better Call Saul, they're pretty fucking good. Like, the season cliffhangers, they're pretty fucking good, dude. Like, the, the end of season three made me, like, on the edge of my seat for season four, dude. Mm-hmm. Edge of my seat.
1: Dang, yeah. So, thankfully, we didn't have to deal with with that. I can't imagine dealing with those season cliffhangers when it was actually airing. But even just the week-to-week cliffhangers of each episode, I mean, that was kind of brutal. Um, so yeah, again, excellent show. Always leaving you wanting more. Um, and yeah, the second viewing, again, it was amazing seeing many of the things that I missed because um, mm-hmm. that's how like dense and solid this show is. There's many things um, that you're able to pick up on more. Like the first viewing, I think I had overestimated the type of relationship that walton jesse had like i thought they were like more akin to like buddies just doing their thing Mm -hmm. um but it was definitely not that and so i was like wow that wasn't as tight of a relationship as i thought but then in second viewing i saw i was able to pick up on more of the subtle ways that they Mm -hmm. legitimately cared about each other um that of course got buried so much in all the toxic abusive manipulative behavior that was going on Um, but yeah, things like that, it was just being able to, to go back again and see how extremely well done it was and mm-hmm. executed across the five seasons. It's, I'm going to say, so good. So amazing. How could you? How could you? <laughs> Ding! Ding, you another one. Um, so yeah, that is our little introduction to Breaking Bad.
0: It's interesting that that's how you experienced the relationship between Jesse and Walt, because my experience was opposite. The first really? time, the first, like the first time, and the second time I watched it, I was like, I was like, wow, they're, they're, uh, I was thinking like, they're so close together. Like they're, they're mm-hmm. good friends or good buddies and they have their troubles. And in the end, you know, they have that falling off. And I was like, that sucks, but they were close the whole time. And then this past time I'm watching, it, I'm like, Oh, I'm like seeing more of Walt's abuse towards him and and his manipulation that he's doing and everything that how he manipulates Jesse and how he knows how to manipulate Jesse and how that works. And like I can see the parts where he does care about Jesse and the parts where Jesse does care about Walt. But my overall thinking about Walt towards Jesse is like, yes, he cares about him, but he is more expendable than other people in Walt's life.
1: Um, Well, I would say I guess that's. Drew, but he does go to the same links. I mean, the links he goes to protect the other people in his life. He goes to to protect Jesse as well. Yeah, of course. Um, so I say, like again, things like that. Like I don't know. I was just expecting them to be more because you see them on the posters and whatnot all the time. But there's always um, and they're like, always in the memes together. So I'm always yeah. like, oh, they were like a tight unit. Um, and so the first time viewing it, I was like, oh, that was not what that was not the case. But then the second time viewing it, because I think I was left off poisoned with like how. Um, brutal Walt was to Jesse towards the end of it. Yeah. Um, And then so in the second viewing, I saw that idea going into him like, oh yeah, it was definitely a bad relationship. But Mm -hmm. then seeing many of the times that they both are like, yo, I'm not doing this unless Jesse's okay, or I'm not doing this if you're going to kill Walt. Like they had legitimate uh, love for each other and they they weren't going to let the other person until of course the very end, they weren't going to let the other person have they were 50 50 um, terrible partners. things happened to them they were and it's true i think i do
0: like i think there was a good middle ground between both opinions and i understand like the, this newer time viewing it i just when i watch walt and how he tries to protect his family it's it's purely just out of the love he has for that family but when he's trying to protect jesse like i get that it's out of love but there's also that subtext of like jesse does Jesse is just like an important like like as a chessboard. Jesse's a Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse is an important
1: <laughs> Jesse. Jesse, we need to play.
0: <laughs> Jesse is an important piece on the chessboard, especially in season four. So he wants to keep that piece on his side, and so there's always that sort of element to it. Like he always wants to keep Jesse under his wing because he knows he can control Jesse. Like there's exactly, always that yeah. that bit of subtext to it that I didn't get the first few times watching it. And now I understand it's like, oh, as much as he loves him, he also knows he can control him and that he's useful to him.
1: Exactly. And that's another reason why it's so brilliant, because we at a certain point are <laughs> trying to figure out whether or not Walt is being sincere in a particular moment or if he's playing the long game and trying to manipulate Jesse into doing something that may be good for both of them, but ultimately is self-serving for Walt. Like, as you said, making sure that he has a significant piece on the chessboard on his team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there there's that element of him always wanting to have control over Jesse, liking the fact that he's sort of an authority or mentor figure to him, um, trying to keep him around, keep him under his thumb. All that stuff just complicates the matter of when he does truly care about Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's a very interesting relationship. And just like everything else on the show. So, good ding <laughs> okay so do you want to go ahead and start with our season by season breakdown yep so we're gonna do
0: this the same way we did the legend of Korra one where we're gonna go season by season but in this one we're going to be well i guess we do the same thing in legend of Korra, we're gonna be doing the story arcs and the character arcs well
1: so, we, legend of Korra is more scattershot we we're just talking about random moments that happened. Uh, this one true. we're gonna focus really in on in. the arc yeah yeah because uh, the thing that always fascinates me about Breaking Bad
0: is not only seeing how the story develops, because it is a straight line with the story. Each season flows right into one another, and it just gives there is a starting point and it goes all the way to the end. I think that's what's so brilliant about it. And so we can see the arcs that continue throughout this big story arc and sort of interweave. And it's also important to see the character arcs and how the individual characters are dealing with the story and the events that are happening and how it changes them and progresses the story and how the two play off of one another. So we can start with the season one story arc. Season one is a lot of setup. So it's basically you have mild-mannered Walt, and he he is given this, this sort of situation where he has cancer, he's going to die, he knows he's going to die, and he's going to leave his family in poverty. And he is uh, devastated by that. We'll learn later that he's a prideful person and that he wants to sort of make this up. And so we have this great sort of, like, interaction between him and Jesse initially where he's just trying to convince Jesse to cook meth is a great pilot episode by the way just the whole way that it's constructed and whatnot I think it's fantastic and so season one is just setting up all these characters and setting up the story of Walt and Jesse making meth and that is going to be a lot more complicated than a normal show may have presented it and that there's always going to be issues that linger episode to episode to episode and it's going to be uh, it just basically it gives you the sort of mood that the whole show is going to be. It tells you exactly what the show is going to be like without giving too much away. And I think season one does a really good job at doing that. That being said, season one is as great as it is as a setting up and a starting point. It it, it does fall short at, po- at points. I think the first three episodes are fantastic. I love how we develop the sort of character of Walt we make him this mild-mannered sort of normal chemist, nerd kind of guy. And we push his moral boundary immediately to see how far he'll go in this instant to protect his family. Uh The third episode where it's just like one big conversation between him and Crazy 8 is the best episode in the season. It's so fucking good. I love that entire dialogue that they have. I'm sorry. It's so good. Ding. <laughs> it, is, it is incredible. Just to watch the two talk and watch Crazy 8 this salesman try to negotiate his way out of death, and watching Walt struggle with the choice of having to kill him because there's just no other way out. I think that's fantastic.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree that part. And again, that's why I don't understand how Alexa's not hooked immediately because those first couple episodes they're insane. Like they really go for it. And that whole situation with Crazy Eight is tense, not just from like the plot perspective, but also the way it gives you that deeper understanding of Walt's character in the beginning where you can truly be aligned with him. Um, that's another great thing about the show is it really tests how long you're willing to stick with Walter. Um, in the beginning, he's clearly torn over what to do with crazy eight. He doesn't want to kill him. He's trying to find every reason not to kill him. Like he goes in and is talking with crazy eight and I think says those specific words, I give me a reason not to kill you. Uh, and then, His hand is ultimately forced when that, again, great moment there, him finding all the shards of the plate Mm -hmm. um, and then seeing that one is missing and he knows I got to go down there and kill a man. And it's brutal as well, him getting, like, stabbed in the leg as he's choking, Mm -hmm. crazy it out. Um, It's perfect because it pushes his
0: boundaries to killing a man, but it's also... Setting it within the context of self defense since he is yeah. trying to save his own life and the life of his family as well. Yeah. So it's, it's justified these, yeah. but brutal. And that's yeah. what's
1: so great about it. Cause yeah, he is like choking on a man and his breath uh is gone at the end of it. And like Walt did that. Like Walt had an absolute hand in it, which was different than the Emilio Crazy situation where it was um like he wasn't able to see that. Like he was closing the door as they were choking on the inside. This one, I mean, there's no way to not hear the gasps of Crazy Aid and hear him writhing um -hmm. against the pole So yeah, that was great. But again, as you said, it's we're still on his side because like, oh, we knew exactly why I was doing that. He was about to get killed and then that would have put his family in danger. So this had to get done.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh there's a lot of other smaller arcs throughout the season, in addition to the the meth trade. I think my least favorite arc in the whole show, we were talking about this earlier. Marie's, (laughs) Here Marie's, <laughs> I want to get into it. Marie's kleptomaniac phase. Uh, I feel like it is a good idea and I think it's done well when they do it. But okay. I, I think that they drop it kind of out of nowhere. And I wish they kept it going until Hank gets shot. And then she sets it aside to take care of Hank. And then when Hank becomes verbally abusive, they do what they did and they bring it back like in season four, like how they did it. My issue is not that it's there. Or that it's done poorly. I think it's done well. My issue is that it's dropped and not brought up again until... Like, it's brought up well, how it's brought up again. And I like that it comes back again. But I just don't like that it was dropped. Like, they I set see. up the, the whole idea that she has a therapist trying to help her with this problem. And that it's like it's just like the whole thing that all the side characters are doing while the meth business is going on. Like, this is the Hank, Marie, and Skylar. This is their, like, big moments that they're dealing with in this whole sort of... This is like their big thing to do with Marie in sort of the, the first season and the first few episodes of the second season, as well as Hank dealing with Hank is sort of like in the first season and parts of this, like the first half of the second season. He's very much like
1: A uh, schmuck. he's a
0: schmuck. I guess he is a schmuck, but he's also sort of like the audience on the outside watching in on everything. He's like he's the exposition of like how this all looks within the DEA. He like he, he doesn't have a lot of character... like specifically in the first season, he doesn't have a lot of character development. He doesn't they don't do a lot with him, which is kinda of disappointing. They have that great scene where uh I think it's season one where he tries to talk to Walter Jr. about pot and they go to the, the <laughs> Yeah the Crystal Palace. Like I think that's great. But there's not a lot of good development until season two for Hank, which kinda of sucks. I think there's- that's
1: fine. I think it was a truncated season and it's as you said, a lot of the setup. So we're getting to know while yeah, yeah. specifically in getting into the drug trade. I think it's fine that Hank was sort of that um, that really supporting character where all we really get of him is kind of that schmucky mm-hmm. behavior. Um, like, yeah, that uncle that doesn't have a filter, um, saying casually racist, sexist things, things like that. But then over time, like in season two, we get his development and becomes a fully mm-hmm. fleshed out character and leaves behind a lot of those um those traits and characteristics of this first season that were mm-hmm. very superficial and not particularly flattering. Um, so I, I love that they ended up doing that because yeah, in the beginning you wouldn't expect Hank to go on the journey that he does go on. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine with that with the Marie thing. Um, I mean, I can see how it's frustrating that it got dropped. I don't know exactly how they would continue that though. Cause again, I think the ultimate purpose of that was to, some would be a foil to Walt and show, like, okay, this person with... Because um, she's also pretty narcissistic, um, similar to how Walt we will talk about that a lot, his ego. Mm. Um, and then she also is using this crime, like flirting with criminal activity as an outlet um, in a way to just sort of get out of the a boring, tame, ordinary life, um, which is similar to what Walt does. But, of course, hers isn't to the scale that Waltz is, and she Mm -hmm. i kind of like the fact that she is able to like get under control manage it and then it only comes back around when she's in a really stressful situation
0: yeah but i Um, wish they showed her getting it under control and managing it because it just sort of stops like it's just a dead end sort of stop. like it like it just the arc just gets forgotten and cut off at some point in season two and they and they bring it up again again it's done very well in season four they bring it up again at a very stressful point in her life and it comes all around in that way and I think her development is a lot better in the later seasons. But in season two, it's like they start this development for her, and then it just sort of gets cut off in favor of other arcs that are happening at the time.
1: Right. I think, it well, in the season two, the the way that it comes about was the whole Skylar thing. Skylar being very mad at Marie because Marie's not able to, and again, her being stubborn and narcissistic in a way Walt sort of is, mm-hmm. her not admitting that she stole the tiara. Um, like, I think that was the main focus at least in season two of this the kleptomaniac part of it um again to show like skylar's frustration with people that aren't being honest with her um and and that aren't owning up to their actions so again for me i think it it worked because i just don't know what else i don't think they needed to go too far into that arc or her like in therapy getting over it in season two i think it did what it needed to and i didn't at least for me, it didn't feel like something was missing.
0: I mean, again, it's fine. Like I, I'm, it's still my favorite show of all time. I still <laughs> love every part of it. I'm just saying that this is probably my my, my least favorite arc. Gotcha. Of That's all fair. Of
1: them. Yeah. Um. Okay. Any other things with season one? How About uh, Jesse?
0: Just, just the character stuff. Yeah. Jesse is a lot of setup. I mean, their initial intention was they were going to kill off Jesse at some point in season one, and then there was the writer strike, and they were like. In that period of time when they were the risers striking, Vince Gilliam was alone. He was like, "I guess we won't kill him. It's fine. We can keep <laughs> him going." And so, that is a, the best decision he's ever made because that is a great idea to keep Jesse going. What a the an integral part to this entire story. Mm-hmm. And so, Jesse's just a lot of setup. There's a lot of uh, it, just him being the unwitting sidekick to Walt's insanity as he. like dives further and further into being so prideful and so egotistical in Mm -hmm. his first season and he i mean it sets up the idea of jesse being a punching bag literally like he gets beat so many times in season one i know yeah with um duko right off the bat yeah like it's crazy like they set that up really well that he's just gonna be a punching bag for all the characters which is so sad like jesse
1: is number one character bro i feel so bad Uh -uh i it's, know it's it's the, horrible the amount of times we see that man crying and it breaks my heart every time he just gets broken down so often and it's so tragic uh but yeah there's his character is great because we do get um that dynamic with walt and we also get to see like they put a lot of the consequences of Walt's actions on jesse like he suffers for many of the actions that walt takes yeah i um, mean it's it helps show like, yeah, this is not um, a victimless trade that he's going into. So that's, so great. And as you said, a lot of good setup here, he starts out um, like the stupid underachiever, right? That's how Walt's seeing him. But we see that he is street smart. He is very earnest. He is competent. Like he's taking Walt's lessons to heart. Mm-hmm. Um, like when he does that brief cook with badger and he's showing his knowledge of all the flasks, early yeah. Meyer flask and then he's also prideful about the
0: work he's like it's not right we gotta do it again it's not right we gotta do it again exactly
1: yeah he's starts trying to live up to that standard that he knows he can reach so mm-hmm. um that stuff all great setup all amazing i also want to give a shout out to um, the whole gretchen and elliot bit i love that episode and again this is yeah where you see his I mean, it's great for walt's character his pride come to the forefront he's just Incapable of accepting any help or charity from Gretchen and Elliot, even though that would solve at least the problem of the cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. It technically, I guess, when him wanting to, you know, have a bunch of money to give to his family after he's dead. But yeah, like that would help stall his death. He would be able to spend time with his family and all that. Um, and he turns it down. He just can't do it. Well, at first, Elliot straight up offers him a job, which would. Yeah, that's, that's a great point as well. You would have had a, a, paying, job, a yeah. paying job, a very high-paying job. He would
0: have been satisfied with his life. He would have been back doing the work he wanted to be doing because he's so prideful about how his relationship with Gretchen and Elliot ended and how like upset he is about the decision he made. He's just so prideful about not accepting help. He has to do it himself. That's why he would rather make meth than just accept this, this generous offer of a job, like a job where you are putting in the work and getting payment for it.
1: Right. But again, because it wouldn't be fully his own, he wouldn't have that proprietary stake over it. He's just not going to do it. And for all those other reasons as well with his relations with Gretchen and Elliot. That's probably um, the best character moment in season one for a while because it just sets
0: up his entire character for the rest of the show. It's exactly who he is and that is going to stay the same all the way until like literally the last episode.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then also the, I love the scene as well when they do the... Um, where they're all sitting around with the talking pillow. um, Oh, that is great. Doing the intervention. (laughs) And then we also get to see everyone's, again, their opinion. Skyler's desperately trying to get him to go for the cancer treatment. And he's refusing. And again, because this is another big element of his character, he doesn't want his family to remember him as some incapacitated person that needs help to do every little thing where he's essentially not even living. He's just a body that's there. Um, He wants to be alive in his final moments. He doesn't want to be essentially a carcass that's breathing. And he refuses the treatment. He says, no, I'm not going to do this. Um, And then, of course, he later changes his mind um, right after that, which he does essentially for the family because he knows how difficult it will be for Skylar, and he does want to be able to see his um, and spend time with his daughter. That's yet to be born at this point in time. But that's also a great, great scene. And it's not, it doesn't have any action. It's not all the drug business. It's just a family sitting there talking about their feelings. And it's so good. It's a well-written thing. Uh, And it's, it's, that's one of the, the highlights as well of this season. It's a great character moment for all the people involved. Yeah, uh,
0: I really like everything they do at the end of setting up the, the Tuco arc. I think it's a really great way to, to cap off the season and then bringing this into season two. I think, and I'm glad they did this, is they use the the first three episodes to wrap up that Tuco arc so they can move on to what the rest of the actual season arc is going to be, which is Walt and Jesse trying to start their own empire and failing. But I love like the first three episodes with Tuco and setting that all up. And I love... Uh, it, just the performance for Tuco. I mean, he's one of my favorite villains in any TV shows, bro. He's so good. <laughs> tight, he's in it for tight 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 tight. <laughs> Dude, he's in it for such a short amount of time, but he just leaves such a, a lasting impression, which is so impressive. Like he's he's thought of just as much as Gus Fring, bro, in my opinion. I don't
1: know about that, but okay.
0: Like when I think of villains from from Breaking Bad, I think of Gus and Tuco. Like those are the two that come to mind.
1: Gotcha. He is very good, though, especially as one of those lower level um, mm-hmm. drug dealers yeah. that they have to deal with. Um, it's great. And then the connection with the Salamancas, with Hector Salamanca, with the cartel, and how mm-hmm. all that, again, gets woven back in um, it's to perfect. the main storyline. It's so perfect. So well done. They That's bring great. everything back every single time. Yeah. Dude, Hector Salamanca
0: is the best. They bring him back in Better Call Saul, and it's awesome. Oh, Nice. He's so good. Does the he whole...
1: does he speak? <laughs> does uh, he actually I'm not gonna talk? tell you?
0: I'm okay. not gonna tell you. I'm not gonna tell you. He might be in a wheelchair, might not be in a wheelchair. Okay. Who knows? i I'm I'm to have to see. But God, it's so he I mean, just everything in these episodes with with Hank going around trying to find the whole idea of Hank looking for Tuco Salamanca and then he puts that aside to look for for Walt and then he tracks Walt down. Through Jesse and finds Tuco Salamanca. I love that whole bit at the end of season two where they have the shootout, and he thinks Tuco is Jesse, and then Tuco stands up and he's like, "Oh shit!" Like I love, <laughs> oh, I
1: love that. It's so good. Ding, ding. Um, yeah, that's great stuff. Another great moment or just great arc in this season storyline is the tension between Walt and Skyler. Mm-hmm. Um, so she definitely becomes much more skeptical of of walt in this he's she's irritated by what she believes to be his deception which of course she's right in that he's just acting weird doing strange things the whole fugue state talk about gaslighting bro i know right this is a perfect textbook example of all that um the Dunn- well, so he's Isle. just
0: he's the worst liar he's the worst liar and i think it's so great that they keep his level of lying the same throughout the whole show his t- is the, the thing he does wrong is that he over explains like he comes up with a story to explain it perfectly, and then he just tells that entire story and beats it to death. Ah, oh, it's it's so great that they stay that same level of over explanation all the way till the end, all the great. way into season five. He's still doing the same thing, and it just gets tiring. And you know exactly when he is lying because Brian Cranston knows how to sell that, and it's just
1: it's so good. Ding, <laughs> yeah, it is great, uh, and I like the way that. Because yeah, there is a very consistent way in which he lies, mm-hmm. um, but he it also is effective in certain moments when he offers a kernel of truth in that lie. Like when he he's doing the whole drug trade, and that was an exam, in season one. It happened, mm-hmm. um, and she was like, "What's going on? What's going on?" And so he gives not the truth of like why he's doing these particular things, but he gives a truth and says, "Oh, I have cancer," and so that like is a bit of the truth that. Um, can explain away some of the things that's happening. And that Ooh. happens throughout. Um, what was another example? Oh, and lay way, way later, I think, what, season five, when he's talking to Marie about why Skyler had the outburst of, shut up, shut up! Um, he goes, oh, this was because she had an affair with Ted. Oh, yeah. So he gives a kernel of truth, even though it's not the actual reason that she's acting this way, um, just to effectively lie essentially so I do like that they do that like his most effective lies are when he's able to give a piece of the truth so that's super cool. Mm-hmm. I love when he's talking to the therapist about his fugue state and he's like he,
0: he just wants to get out of the idea of being under constant surveillance so he he lies by telling the truth and saying that the fugue state is false but then he lies by saying the reason he left is because he's tired of his family so mm-hmm. like he is, he is giving up part of the truth
1: so that he can get out of the consequences while maintaining the lie. Mm-hmm. Very good stuff. Because, yeah, on the rewatch, I was like, no. Did he actually say that he was the <laughs> a drug dealer? I don't think. I think they would have to report that. But then, no, he did the lie. Oh, I just wanted to get out of. I had to get away from my family for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was believable. And it, it worked. So that stuff is great. Um, And then so Skyler, she starts acting out. We see that with the cigarettes. And she's still pregnant at this point. And That's also a great scene where she's in the car and is bringing up the cigarette to her lips, and, and then the she looks over her judging <laughs> and a it's woman's great. judging her, and then she just does it anyway, and that's how the episode ends. That stuff's great. Um, and then Walt finds those cigarettes and starts, um, you know, getting berating. angry at her, berating her for, uh, for doing that choice. And then <laughs> she has a couple good lines about that, of like, "Oh, this," he's like, "This isn't you," and she's like, "How would you know?" Um, And so I like that they did that. Then in the middle of the season, she ends up being fine with Walt. And I was trying to, because again, season two, when I watched it, I mean, it was, I think, a year ago at this point um, because we did it week by week. So you remind me again, do you remember why she suddenly was fine with Walt? I think it was because of the hospital bills. Like she, they get a major hospital bill and she's like, I don't know, maybe this is part of his behavior because he's stressed out because of the bills or something. I don't know. I think it's because
0: I know that he lies and tells her that he decided to let Gretchen and Elliot pay for it. Mm-hmm. And and that is part of smoothing it over. And then I know that I think she becomes distracted with Marie's kleptomania and she's frustrated with that and Walt like tries to listen. And try to, try to understand i think they just have like slow little moments that kind of tries to repair their relationship and also he's lying a lot less so it just kind of goes a bit more by the wayside
1: yeah gotcha. i don't know if that that may be one weakness for me in the at least this season is a, a little bit of lack of clarity on that but it could just be my memory mm-hmm. um, but i was like was there a major like turning point where suddenly she's fine with him um but yeah she does end up being okay and then. She also, in the later part of the season, goes to work. And this is because of the hospital bills. She's like, oh, I got to go get a job, start paying these things. Um, so she goes to work with Ted Banicki. Ted Banicky. Ted Banicki. Um, and we know that there's some sort of previous tension between them where Ted had his eye on Skylar. Um, and then we see... Multiple times, like with the little pin thing, pushing it over and then having it yeah. come in the room to help. It's like she, little innocent flirting stuff. Yeah, she's flirting with them, seeking some of the attention. The happy birthday him. song. Oh, God. Don't bring it up. the Marilyn Monroe thing. Is that this season or season three? No, it's season two. Okay, good. Because, yeah, she was still it's pregnant. Like Pregers. <laughs> yeah, doing that. Prego. Happy birthday.
0: <laughs> <to you. laughs>
1: it's a great scene it this is just really, so weird it's under your skin
0: i love my favorite part of the scene is the really annoying lady that you never hear from again and she's like guys the wax is getting on the cake <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so like, can we wrap this up come on i'm trying to eat it's so funny <laughs> yeah there's a lot of great moments like there's so many funny moments in this show <laughs> and when you see that just with, with all the dark stuff that happens mm-hmm. it's great it really is able to touch on every mood Oh, we forgot to talk about Bogdan in season one. Bogdan. Fuck your eyebrows. <laughs> Fuck you and That's your weird. eyebrows. When it comes back later on, yeah. he grabbed his he grabbed himself in my
0: story. <laughs> That's <laughs> so good. I love what Brian Cranston does. He does that a couple times. I know, yeah. restraining this. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that scene so much.
1: <laughs> you want a restraining
0: order? restraining this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's so yeah, funny, great. him in all his tidy whitey scenes, mm-hmm. and we get a full buttocks in this season. Yeah, in his, his fugue his state. Fugue state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a great way to open the show, the season or the yeah that episode of season three. I love that his his look is just like he just looks so devastated, like upset
1: when when the people see him naked. He's like, God, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. Um, all right, and as you talked about. Them being their little amateur kingpins. Uh the That's rest of Walt stuff is the beginning of the rise of Heisenberg. Um, and we see that in him telling Jesse to deal with the meth meth thieves when Skinny Pete gets it some of his some meth are stolen. A blowfish. <laughs> yeah. That comes back around. That's after the whole mind blowing ATM episode. Yeah. Um, I'm a blowfish, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, that was great. See, that was, well, again, that was also self-serving, but that was at least a nice moment to (laughs) hype Jesse up and get him out of his, you know. His funk, his blue. Yeah, after seeing a person's head smashed by an
0: He does does good things, but there's always the subtext of like, oh, he's doing this for the business or he's doing Mm -hmm. this for himself.
1: Yeah. It's great. It's complicated. It's complex. It's twisted. It's human. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, pushes oh yeah this is so sad he pushes jesse to expand the territory which does result in combo's death
0: which comes back later everything comes back i know everything is back everything's come back
1: but you see everything comes back you see the difference there with jesse of course that was his friend so he's torn up about this he blames himself he says like i think i don't know maybe that was in a later season or maybe it was somewhere he does say like oh this was my fault i put him on that corner and then Walt, who directed jesse to start expanding their territory um he goes remind me who that one was again like he doesn't even know who combo was this season yeah so vicious which man He says, which one's combo <laughs> yeah so that that was rough um and then also another great scene intimidating other would-be dealers when he's in that store and he sees bro that's
0: a great end of that episode yeah. with, with the song going and he's like telling mm-hmm. him how to do it right and then he like has a moment and he goes out and he's like stay out of my territory
1: yeah, absolutely fantastic stuff. um And then again, another his relationship with Jesse, his love for him. We do see this come out in a lot more, a more pure way towards the end of the season when he doesn't want to turn over the money. And again, it's like twisted because it's combined with him yelling at Jesse, calling him a junkie, all this, this, and that, because he had to go to Jesse's house to get the money to give to Gus. And so he missed the birth of his baby. Um, but walt doesn't want to turn the mo the money over to jesse because he's addicted to heroin i think it is like you got on that yeah chain.
0: oh uh, i love that that shot where he first does heroin and it floats him up the up the room mm-hmm. Masterclass, dude i've always wanted to try and recreate that i right? love it i love it so much
1: a lot of great shots in the show i saw some comment where it's like you know break meds so good but it it just looks bad. The cinematography is bad, and I'm like, "Are you no out are of your mind? Are you it's blind? Incre- yeah, it's incredible. It's subtle. Um, yeah, I mean those, all the like big, long establishing shots. That stuff's always incredible. All the desert shots, all the montages that they do. That stuff's always fun. No, oh, it's fantastic. Um, and things like this, like this little shot, is so fun, so cool. But again, it, I mean, it has a purpose. He's getting high, higher mm-hmm. than he's ever been. He's floating up. So, great stuff. Always engaging. Um, But yeah, so he doesn't want to give his money over to Jesse because he doesn't believe that Jesse's going to be able to be responsible enough if he's in this state um, to not go blow it all on money and overdose. So, he does that for a good reason. But then there's then, also the subtext of like, it's also a
0: lot of money and part of him does want to just keep it. You think so? I don't... I think I just mean- a little bit, like it's not like the main reason he's doing what he's doing, but there's definitely like the I can hold on to this, you know. I can <laughs> I can keep this with my money because it is quite a bit of money, you know. Like that is just like a little tiny bit of why he wants to keep it because nah. I mean
1: it's like it's what one and a half million dollars. No, I think no, it's, it was it's like seven hundred thousand. I think it was four hundred thousand. It, it was like a couple hundred the specific 000. amount that Jesse was going to get because it was like one point two million or something that Gus offered mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know
0: it, was, it was a lot of money yeah it
1: was yeah a big amount but for me i, I don't think that was part of the reason because earlier in the season when jesse loses his money because it was in the car and then that got compensated by hank after the whole tuco situation and then jesse was his whole that whole episode of down where he was very very down in dumps was just getting hit by every bad thing that could happen
0: he falls into the porta potty. Yeah, gets kicked out of the RV. Can't pay for the RV. Has no money. Oh, I feel so bad mm-hmm. for that poor man. And then he shows up around. to Walt's house. And then they in- wrestle and they fight each other. And then Walt's <laughs> just like, "Come get your money." <laughs> they just like exactly. they just make up. I love it.
1: Yeah. Which yeah, at the end of that, he he gives him a cut of, and again, that's Walt's money. Yeah, he gives him a cut of that. So that's why I don't think particularly this was motivated by. Oh, let me keep a bit of that additional money again it's mars. not like the, the main part but i'm I, sure i just don't think i for think me, there's
0: something in his brain subconsciously nah. that's like this money would better be better in my hands than
1: yours i'm sure he believes it but i don't think that was probably influencing this decision but anyway when he goes to the bar and talks to jane's father mm-hmm. another great moment and they're talking about family water on mars oh. they found water on mars <laughs> yeah that was the most significant part the water on Mars. um they talk about their family Jane Jane's father is talking about obviously Jane and then Walt is talking about his nephew who of course is Jesse and they're talking about you know how do we deal with this when you know what the good thing is for them to do but they refuse to do it and Jane's father's like you just you never give up on family and so what does Walt do he doesn't give up on family and he goes to Jesse's house Tries to wake him up, which causes Jane to turn over onto her back. And then she starts puking. And then Walt goes in to try and save her and then realizes, oh, wait, this would be good for me if she died.
0: Bro, this scene was so much more emotional the third time watching it. Oh, really? Than any other time. Like, I was just like, I was about to cry, dude. I was like, this is so sad, so intense.
1: Mm hmm. this
0: and then the beginning of the next episode where jesse's trying to perform cpr on her both of those are just so sad because i had never gotten to this part of the episode while i was in my relationship i'd always been single watching this and i'm like man that sucks she dies
1: oh no and then you oh and then that influenced your like having this like waking up and um, yeah
0: having been in love now and knowing what love is like watching jesse just like crying over her as she's dead and knowing that like watching him fall in love with her and then get to that point i was like this is devastating and some of the best parts of the season two are just the little moments with him and jane where he like he's trying to get the signal on the tv and they're sitting next to each other and they start holding hands or like when they uh go to the museum and they're watching the vagina paintings <laughs> like it, it's just it's such subtle like beautiful little way to sort of get them to slowly fall in love with each other yeah. I love building that connection, like like especially when you like really, you know, shit end him the first half of the season, and then they, they you give him a little bit of happiness for the second half of the season, and then and then you just take it away, take it rip away, rip it away, yeah, rip it away from him so painfully. You make it Walt's fault too.
1: Oof. Yeah, and that's so good because the you can see the thought process go on in Walt's mind where his first instinct was to help. And then he stops himself and thinks about what benefit is there if she dies. And it's the fact that, number one, he'll be able to have Jesse under his thumb again, right? He'll be able Mm -hmm. to have him under his control. And then also there could be the more sincere belief that Jesse would get himself killed if he runs off with Jane. Um, And so this is also protecting him because that bad influence is out of uh, his life. But also the dominant factor, I'm sure, was the idea that Jane... Verbally threatened Walt of going to the police if he didn't bring over the money. Yeah. And the fact that she
0: knows is a very
1: important part. Yeah. And mentioned that, oh, I can, like, Walt's like, what guarantee do I have that you'll keep your mouth shut? And she's like, oh, you have none. So he's like, okay, if I get rid of her, that's a loose end that is now tied up. And so he does it. He lets her go, he lets her die. And then you see his face afterwards, seeing that happen. And I, this was right after his daughter was born, too. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that was was a factor yeah. in his reaction. But this was not spoiled for me going into Ring Bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad because this floored me when I watched it. I was mm-hmm. so shocked because I was watching it go and I was like, oh, my God, he's going to he's going to let her go for this, this and this reason. That's insane. And the fact that the show delivered on that in. It's like one of those perfect, horrible moments that they've constructed where you know why they've he's doing been this. been building up to it the whole it's season, like, bro. You can see the justifications in his mind like why this is happening, but you know it's morally reprehensible, but you know he's going to go through with it. Mm-hmm. And you're still like legitimately on his side at this point. But this was the first like major moment of people always talking about, ooh, this is the moment that Walt becomes Heisenberg, that little gag. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is definitively one of the the major moments mm-hmm. in that that growth his turn yeah. to heisenberg so great stuff on that part
0: absolutely and then we get the final episode we get the 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 reveal where that they're teasing all of this stuff with airplanes throughout the episodes you and i both had to learn about the <laughs> yeah. the naming conventions with those
1: episodes via imdb trivia mm-hmm. which is kind of funny but that, uh, even that, the attention to detail, the way everything mm-hmm. connects and makes sense and it has a purpose, the episodes that have the black and white flash-forwards are titled in order 737 Down Over ABQ, which obviously foreshadows the planes crashing overhead because Jane's father, who's an air traffic control person, was so distraught over his daughter's death that he wasn't able to fulfill his job duties and so that happened and of course that's also a great moment people have criticized it because like oh that was a bit of a stretch like that was a bit too much for this otherwise grounded show but i think the purpose there a creative choice was to showcase all the consequences that walt's actions are having all the unintended ones Mm -hmm. that he's going to be forced to face and we'll talk about in season three but yeah he definitely goes through um this like grieving period, this sense of guilt that he has over it, he tries to rationalize it, tries to absolve himself of it, um, but we see that there definitely are bad things occurring because Walt is doing what he's doing, yeah. and he's coming to terms with it. Like he's being forced to see that that's happening.
0: Yeah, he is like he is reconciling the fact that every time he makes a decision that could benefit him, it will most likely hurt somebody else. In different varying degrees and whatnot with pushing territory and then Combo's death with making Jesse go back and get the money and the death of Spooge and how that trauma has affected Jesse there's all these robots that keep putting him in his way and he keeps trying to push through them and it just keeps getting worse and worse and that kind of leads up to his decision uh, at the beginning of season three which we'll get to in a second when he decides to go work for Gus and like Gus, like he, Gus has to convince him of course but the idea of being his own kingpin isn't right for him at this moment because he's not morally able to accept the consequences of his actions and he's more like avoiding them at all costs so he he is okay at that point becoming an employee for the meth empire where he can just make meth and make money and not have to worry about being a kingpin himself because he's not ready for that yet but I just I think season 2 is so well crafted I think it's so well thought ahead so well planned out it's one of the best planned out seasons in my opinion, I think they knew exactly what they want to do with each character at every single moment. I think they did a really good job setting up a lot of stuff in all the episodes, doing a lot of foreshadowing, and just building up to one big climactic moment at the end of the season. I think that's all great. Setting up Gus is done very well. Uh, one thing we didn't touch on in season two, there's a very big element, is, is Saul. Introducing oh, yeah. Saul and having Saul <laughs> be like, the consigliere to their meth empire. I think that's all Fantastic. I mean, he deserves his own spinoff. Like, he got his own spinoff. <laughs> show. he's so good that he, he got that. But, geez, man,
1: it, this is definitely, like, a significant step up from season one. It is, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of big, important characters are introduced in that season. I mean, we got Gus, we got Saul. Mike comes in at the very, very end um, to help clean up Jane. Um, so, yeah, critical stuff in terms of character introductions and escalating the plotline, the situations that our characters are finding themselves in. Um, and we didn't touch on it too much, but the Hank character arc, the oh, way that yeah. he does the finally get his head. development. Yeah, he liked the whole Day turtle bit. <laughs> um, So that is important. And we see him after the Tuco shootout. We see him, it's like in that elevator where he starts having that panic attack. So we see him dealing with this. And that's, I love the way they did that because we saw him being that very masculine tough guy machismo figure in season one and then now in season two he's having to try to keep up that facade even though internally he's sort of breaking apart And of course Mm -hmm. he's not going to go to therapy or anything like that he's just going to try to tough it out and deal with it but we see the toll that it is taking on him which of course gets heightened when the turtle head (laughs) comes by um and so he gets scared essentially of el paso and refuses to uh go through with that transfer Mm -hmm. he's going to just stay stay home and he's using the blue meth as an excuse which is our
0: that is like the beginning of his true diehard obsession right there mm -hmm. because up until this point it's just another case that he's working on and using this as an escape from going to el paso is what causes this sort of strong intense obsession for him which i think
1: is great right exactly Uh, so yeah Great stuff there. One other thing I wanted to bring up with Jesse's character, which is really crucial for the rest of the series, is we see we see a lot of moments of him being good-hearted, like being a good good person, but he's just caught up in these bad circumstances. Um, and one great way that they showed this was an episode dealing with him trying to confront those uh, the people that stole the meth. He doesn't want to kill them, because um, again, that's just not who he is. And of course that comes back around in future seasons, but we see that he has this affinity for children and he's very good with children. Uh, and so when there's that kid in that, in those meth heads house, um, he tries to protect that kid, does the whole peekaboo situation, tries to keep him out of uh, the danger, tries to keep him away from like at the very end of the episode when he has him, do the peekaboo thing so that he can bring him through the living room without him catching a glimpse of, I guess, his father's crushed head. Um, that stuff's all very, very good setup for an essential part of Jesse's character that comes back around time and time again. He loves children, he's great with children. And if you harm or hurt or kill children, he will absolutely do whatever it takes. To get back at you so and that's this very comes critical. up a lot in the next mm-hmm. in the
0: rest of the show very very important part of his character anyway moving on to season three if i can find it in our little document here oh it's way down here okay yeah moving on to season three uh, the boys are now at the beginning they are are trying to stay away from the meth trade they are done they are not making any more Walt is out of the business jesse is in recovery uh, from his drug addiction because Walt saves him and brings him there. And so he he does a lot of soul searching and a lot of thinking and he's severely depressed and he's very upset at everything that's happened, but his mind is clear now that he's off the drugs and he's very much a different character at this point, which I think is interesting. He has a lot of turns and one of them is at the beginning of season three Is he's a very different kind of character. He's dressing differently. He's acting differently. He's clean shaven. I think that's all very good. Uh, but Walt is out of the business and Gustavo Fring is trying to convince it to come back for $3 million for three months' work. This is a lot different for Walt than the things he's doing in Season 2 because now he's not having to worry about any of the business operations. He's not having to worry about distribution and all that stuff. He can just worry about meth and the science of it all. I think that's really great that he can do that. Uh, Then Walt... Gets hired. He gets convinced to do that because now he just gets to be a meth manufacturer. He just gets to do what he wants to do, which is just make meth and make money. He doesn't have to worry about being kingpin. He doesn't have to worry about making tough, horrible decisions. He's a little bit, a little bit traumatized from those things he had to do in, in the previous season. So he's very much welcoming uh, a relaxed break of doing all these horrible things and just doing his his normal stuff, which I think is is great for him that he gets to make meth and just make money. But we get the introduced to Gail Bedecker, and Gail is is sort of the anti-Walt. <laughs> that Walt is not – or Walt is so ambitious and so uh, money-driven and so self-interested, whereas Gail is just – he's literally just a guy who's a scientist that wants to make meth because he's a libertarian, <laughs> and he's all eco-friendly, and he's just a super nice guy that literally – Poor, poor Gail, bro. He just, he does not want to do anything like bad. He just wants to make meth and and not cause any waves, not cause any trouble. That's, right. that's all there is. He says
1: but, part of his thing is, well, somebody's going to be making the meth. At least with me, they'll be able to get what they're paying for and it'll be safe. So he even is able to rationalize, oh, well, why are you going into an illegal drug yeah. trade? Um, well, that's the reason. So yeah, Gail definitely comes off as that and is an unassuming gentle just person um mm. very stark contrast to what we've seen Walt be up to this point post his cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm.
0: And at this point Jesse is out of rehab and he's trying to make his own meth which is upsetting Walt. And so Walt is like he has that idea of, you know, let me help him out because he's my partner, but at the same time the subtext is let's get him under my wing so that I can have control over him again and that he's not off doing his own thing. So he gets Gale fired, which is pretty important in terms of his relationship with Gus, because Gus's whole idea is that he does not want to have Jesse as an employee. And the idea of Walt demanding that Gale be fired is sort of like the first strike for Walt in terms of a partnership is that the idea of giving because Walt is like the worst employee ever, by the way. But (laughs) while demanding what he needs to make his meth is sort of like the opposite of what Gus wants, because Gus wants to, he Gus wants to lead the company by you know giving in and sort of like making it the most hospitable way that he can, because he doesn't like to lead by fear, which is which is something that he's forced to do by the end of the season, which we'll get to. But him having to make this decision is very much of getting rid of Gale is very much like forcing his hand. It's either like you could either give Walt what he wants, or lead him by fear, he's not ready to make that decision yet, because he knows how smart Walt is, and he knows, he doesn't want to push Walt into a corner in any way, so he gives Walt what he wants, gives him a little bit of breathing room, but it's still like, it's the first strike with Gus, like, you you have messed with me once, you've messed with my operation once, but as long as you keep churning out the meth, I guess it's okay.
1: Uh it's true, uh, and with that particular moment of getting Jesse back into the fold, mm-hmm. a lot of it is definitely motivated by because that happens the episode right after Hank beats up Jesse, beats him to a pulp, and then he's hospitalized. Yeah, And so Jesse's talking about, oh, I'm going to press charges on him. I'm going to ruin his life. And Mm -hmm. so in order to protect Hank, Walt is offering Jesse, hey, you can come back. You can cook with me. 50-50 partners. And Jesse's refusing it. He's like, no, I'm not saying no to the money. I'm saying no to you. My life has been ruined since you came into it. And then Walt drops that line, which is a callback to what he said earlier in the season when he finds out Jesse is starting to cook meth again. He criticized it and said, oh, it's not up to par. It's amateurish. It's bad. But here he goes, Jesse, your cook is just as good as mine. And then right afterwards, we see Jesse. Which him, I think
0: is a sincere line,
1: even though it is. Oh, it is. I think it, it is. is
0: an attempt to convince him to do what he wants, still using sincerity to do that. Again, which yeah, is a I, very interesting ploy that Walt is engaging in.
1: Yeah, sort of that parallel to the way that he lies. Like the most effective ways he's able to manipulate Jesse is when he adds a kernel of sincerity, when there is some truth to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Again, ultimately, it is self serving, it is him being able to uh, push forward. And getting something that he wants and he does jesse comes back on board um, and hank is not going to get any charges pressed against him but that's a great peek into jesse's character because we see i mean he's this young kid and he looks up to mr white as this mentor figure for him mm. um this pseudo father figure and he seeks approval and when he got that legitimate what sounded like sincere approval he came back into under walt's wing so that that was great stuff there um with walt did you talk about the whole uh the guilt with the plane crash no no yeah it's very subtle though it is but i love i love how that comes about because you see him when he makes that speech in the auditorium talking about there's 19 more plane crashes that are are worse Yeah. yeah It's like, so this was really a miracle. No one died on the ground, things like that. Like he's trying to rationalize to himself as, oh, this wasn't that bad. Thank God these were the two planes that crashed together
0: because they weren't even full. Yeah, they weren't even full. It could have been a lot worse.
1: So things like that, him talking with uh, Jesse, and we see it's so good because Jesse's blaming himself. He's like, oh, if I didn't do what I did with Jane, then Jane's father wouldn't have uh, been unable to complete his job. And this wouldn't have happened. Jesse's blaming himself, and Walt is trying to assure Jesse, "No, no, no, this isn't your fault." By using some of the information that he's gathered in order to help him think that he isn't at fault either, yeah. saying something about the like radar was off, and this is public info. You can go look it up, like that stuff. I think is brilliantly done, and that also is part of why he initially refuses to go back into the the trade. Is he think? I think it's to Saul. He says it, um, but he says, "I'm not a criminal. Like I can't." I can't. Oh no! I guess it was Gus. It's like I'm not a criminal. This isn't me. I can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, He's definitely I, pushed too far from season two, and that has a lot of consequences at the beginning of season three. Exactly, and one of those major consequences is he gets kicked out of the house because Skyler found out at the very end of season two because um, he the whole second cell phone thing uh, that came back, and then Skyler put everything together, called Gretchen, called Scott Walt's mother, and found mm-hmm. out. All these lies were oh, the legitimate lie. lies. And then I
0: called your mother.
1: Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> she Every, didn't even know you had cancer. Yeah, which is a nice little twist of the knife even more. Um, and so she, she's trying to get him out of the house. Doesn't want anything to do with him. And then this was such a good part as well. When he comes back into the house, like moves back in and calls Skyler's bluff essentially because she's not willing to oust him as this drug dealer because she wants to protect his image and wants to protect the children, doesn't want them to have to know that about their father. And so she can do nothing except just let it happen. And of course, that means that she has to bear all of Walt Jr.'s hatred because he doesn't mm-hmm. understand this. He obviously doesn't know why she's doing this. So yeah, he just sees it as her being a total dick to, to Walt. And so it's she has stuff. to bear all of his spite. Um, so that's, that's great stuff as well. And of course, it also pushes her into acting out, trying to retaliate against Walt by any means she can, since she can't um, you know, get him out of the house, can't go to the police. What does she do? She sleeps with Ted. IFT. I fuck Ted. <laughs> so, yeah, she does that. Um, and then this is another interesting thing, which I think started in season two. I don't know when we actually find out the whole like cooking the books thing. But mm. Ted is doing something similar to Walt in, you know, doing criminal activity. He's doing tax evasion. And he's saying, oh, I'm doing this for my family. Um, and Skyler. We get it
0: we get inklings of it in season three but the issue doesn't arise until season four because it's after she buys the car wash and she's no longer even near ted that it becomes like an issue with the irs because the end of at the end of season four ted is bonked out of his mind and she doesn't even find out until season five
1: well no what do you mean because she was a part of it like that was the whole reason why she needed ted to like pay off these taxes and why no, she, but she doesn't find she doesn't find out about ted's accident until season five yes yeah, that's, that's what, what i'm saying. talking about i'm talking about the when does she start cooking the books no i know yeah. i'm just
0: clarifying the timeline
1: okay was it season two or season
0: three that she cooked? she the books? i mean she learns about parts of it in season three. Two. Three. Ooh, it might be two
1: I, don't know. We'll, I think yeah, they do. They the talk
0: about it in season two because she's like pointing out the mistakes, and he's like, "Ah, geez. Well, you know, uh, nobody noticed, so it's fine, I guess." <laughs> but then it doesn't become an issue, like because she like leaves leaves to satisfy Walt and also to avoid Ted at the beginning of season three. Because remember, there's the whole thing where she's like she's in love with the tile, and then like she she decides that it'd be better to be with Walt in this moment, and also because Ted is being annoying with the taxes and stuff, and then she yeah. hates the tile. Right. It I think it was anymore. also
1: uh, the big reason was when Hank got shot. Isn't that's it, true. Like, legitimately, because he shows up at the house and she's like, what are you doing? Like, This is not a good moment. Because um, she's dealing with the whole family thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Because I think it's a really smart thing that they did here in having Skyler mm-hmm. essentially participate in. And I think that's why maybe season two, because it's before she definitively knew what Walt was doing. Um, but she was helping at least in a small way either by again not turning ted in or by actively being a part of cooking the books no Um, no she didn't take part in it she just turned a blind eye right did she i don't know we'll we'll well figure that that out that's the
0: whole thing is like she turns a blind eye to that and then she's willing to do it again for walt and then in season three she has to actively be a part of like helping walt and it's like uh, that's when she turns the tides on Ted. She's like, I can either help Ted with this stuff or I can help Walt with this stuff.
1: Right, because that's essential to her, um, her change in thinking because, again, she initially is like, get Walt out, trying to get the divorce papers signed. Um, but then when she's thinking about, oh, maybe Walt is doing this in the same way that Ted is doing this, like for the family, and then when she hears about, hank um being very different like being very cold to marie um Mm -hmm. and she marie is talking about maybe brushing up with death changes people skyler is able to think oh maybe that is what is influencing Walt's actions and the way he's Mm -hmm. doing things like why he's doing this whole drug trade so that's why she starts being like okay maybe maybe i can deal with this but then of course that's when walt goes back into the drug business and Signs the divorce papers and leaves the house, mm-hmm. yep. which is great stuff. The way they like had that reversal, mm-hmm. um, but yes, as you mentioned, she does end up legitimately, actively joining the criminal enterprise. Um, and I love again the way she does it. She initially starts by using part of his money in order to help pay for Hank's treatment because she knows, or well, she suspects, but yeah, she knows that it had something to do with Walt and him being a part of the drug business. And so she spends that whole fiction comes up with that entire lie about walt's gambling and it's also a great moment in the scene when she's saying it and then hank and marie both lean in as she's telling the story because mm-hmm. hank or i guess it was walt, walt and uh marie lean in because walt of course has no idea what's going on and he's enraptured by the the story she's telling mm-hmm. um so that's great as well and it shows that she she learned from the best she's and taking notes, um, and so yeah, she joins that, and then she, because she wants to make sure that that money is unimpeachable, that it can't harm Hank and Marie in any way. It's got to be London. Yeah, she starts trying to figure out this money laundering situation. So it's a great way that she is sort of recognizing that okay, he's going to keep doing this, this, is going to keep happening. Um, and at the least, I can do a good thing. I can help Hank get better. Mm-hmm. But I need to be a part of it because I need to oversee the fact that this money won't end up hurting us at the end of the day. So yeah. it's a nice way to show her motivations, again, starting out essentially pure. Um, but then that ropes her into a lot of these terrible deeds that will end up happening that, again, have big consequences for people, which we'll get to with the whole Ted thing.
0: Rips the Ted, bro. Poor man. <laughs> Anyway, another big part of the season is Jesse and his arc. Basically, he's coming out of this recovery, and he's dealing with trying to be the bad guy. Like He's accepting himself as being the bad guy, and he's trying to face that head-on. by Which Putin's is own
1: so sad, so sad dude. when he's, sad. he says, I accept it. I'm the bad guy. That's just, it breaks and, my heart. And he's saying gorgeous. that to Walt,
0: who's the actual bad I guy. I know. And Walt's like, no, you're not the bad guy. You're a good guy. You're a good guy, Jesse, but Jesse has this like realiza- this faux realization that he's the bad guy, and he starts to continue cooking and selling meth to people at, at recovery meetings, which is horrible. He blackmails his parents into buying his house again, he's like full sending into being what he <laughs> conceives to be the bad guy and I think it's I think it's interesting to see that play out because he tries to be this bad person, but he can't do it like he tries to sell meth to Andrea and get her hooked on it again. And then he finds out she has a child and then you have that that connection to season two where you, you remember how much of an affinity he has for children mm-hmm. and he can't do it. He can't be the bad guy. He can't give her meth. He judges her for doing for wanting to do meth, knowing that she has a kid like he, he actively judges her for that. Mm-hmm. And he just can't he can't be the bad guy because he's not the bad guy, but he still is, is full sending into this idea of selling meth to people. I love the, I think it's, it has to be the season where he, he is. No, maybe it is season three, but it's when he's in the, the meeting and he like reveals that he's there to sell the meth. I think that's, that's season, season four. four. Season four. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's it's season
1: four, the whole problem dog thing with Gale. Yeah. 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 Oh man, dude. They're such good actors. Everyone on this show is incredible at what they do, the performances out of this world. But yeah, that, as you said there, like his soft spot for children being that line that he won't cross. Like He's like, okay, yeah. I'll do all these bad things. But then when it comes to that, he just won't do that bad thing of selling meth to uh, the mother of a kid. So that's great there. Um, and then <laughs> he also doesn't want to cross the line of killing people. But of course, his hand is forced at the end of the season. And this is a great representation of Walt and Jesse's relationship, the lengths that they go to in order to protect each other. Um, Walt knows that Jesse is skimming off the top, taking some meth and then trying to sell it on his own, which again, was just like random self-destructive behavior. Yeah. Like he's, he's just, just mad. a guy. Yeah. He's just mad that, oh, we're not getting paid enough. Um, even though, again, they're getting millions of dollars. And so he's like, I'm going to do this thing knowing it'll put him in danger. And even Walt warns him at the end of Fly, which Fly is a great episode. It is. Anyone who thinks otherwise, you're fooling yourself. Come on.
0: My brother stopped watching Breaking Bad because of that episode. Like, he only got to Fly and stopped.
1: What a moron, bro. <laughs> what a... I just can't believe that. Why? The it's so society. Good. It's an absolute character study that whole thing you get most of walt's guilt and him talking about the best moment for him to die was right before jane um like he just didn't want to go visit jane's house he comes so close telling jesse to telling jesse about he's like, Jane. he's drugged up yeah and he you see that it weighs on him so much he is so uh-huh. guilty about what he did to jane and he apologizes at mm-hmm. the end um and yeah. then you also see again this obsession with the fly and it's all contaminated. He feel like he's losing control of everything. Um, it's just great character work. So, fly, great episode. But we also get, I mean, half measures and full measure, phenomenal episodes as well. You see, their hand is forced. Jesse finds out that Tomas, the kill the guy, the little kid that killed Combo and who's also the brother of Andrea, is working for these dealers who are selling blue meth, which means they're a part of Gu- Gus's operation mm-hmm. and he's pissed. That means that he believes Gus signed off on that, or at least is okay with using kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he tries to deal with, it. he's going to go kill those dealers. Walt knows that this is not going to end well for him. So he tries to, he clues Gus in essentially. Um, and that's a great moment as well, seeing Gus and Walt on the same side of the, the table sitting together yeah. as they bring Jesse in, um, but they try to resolve it that way. Jesse's able to get Gus's word that he won't use children anymore, but then Tomas is killed, dead. And so Jesse, and this is also when he loses his sobriety too, right? He's, yeah, yeah,
0: he's he is like about to go and shoot them up because initially he is in in half measure when he finds out that they're using Tomas, he's going to poison them with ricin. Mm-hmm. That he has left over, and uh, he's gonna use what's Wendy to go do it, but then he gets stopped by Mike and taken into that mediation. And then in this episode, he's just like eyeballing them, and he's uh doing the meth that he stole from the the place. From he's doing blue meth essentially, and just like getting like extremely whacked out of his mind. And he has a gun, and he's mm-hmm. gonna charge them and go kill him. And then this is a great. Well, I guess this is the end of half measure Yeah, this is happening. And then, well drives up and runs them over and then shoots him in the head like just fully to protect jesse and is uh, that's his full measure right there and then he goes run <laughs>
1: yeah but that's so good because he didn't need to do that like think of the tension that is existing between him and gus in that mm-hmm. operation it's the fact that he has jesse in on the operation jesse who's irresponsible mm-hmm. not trustworthy junkie all that stuff so what would have been best for walt in terms of just laying low just making math making money would be to just let jesse get taken care of mm. but he can't because he genuinely cares about jesse so he fully- that is a,
0: a moment where it's mostly him caring i will say that is yeah. one of the moments where it's like it's exclusively for jesse well,
1: actively is against his best interests the in subtext for me is that in order he, to save jesse the subtext for
0: me is that he always wants jesse on his side and alive so that he can have jesse as a piece in
1: this game I suppose, but again, the game, tensions tensions are high with Gus at this moment, and not really they, though. Like they're Walt, they're like they were just on the same side of the table. Like they had a solid understanding. The only tension is the fact that Walt is trying to protect Jesse and keep him looped into the operation. Gus only actively is like Walt needs to go. Once Walt makes that does that full measure and kills Will, those Walt- guys in defiance of, you know what Gus wanted.
0: Walt is still suspicious, suspicious of everything that happened with Hank, where Hank was attacked by the Salamancas. And, like, he knows that Gus tried to stop it with the warning call because that's what he heard. And he's like, I know it was you that gave the warning call. And I think Walt's probably a little suspicious that he's also probably the one that gave the go ahead at the same time. Like, how else would Gus have known that that was going to happen to give him the warning
1: call? I'm sure. But Walt also understands that the only thing guaranteeing his protection from cartel members at the moment is gus and is yeah his working for gus and so this risks that um because of course now gus is going to want to get rid of him if he can and still continue his operation which of, of course, course is that whole gale situation and mm-hmm. that again just brilliant stuff we see wall and jesse fully aligned which i always love these moments when they're fully aligned working on the same team and this time it's legitimately sincere like they're doing it out of Mm -hmm. the best interest of each other um yeah that whole where they're in the laser tag thing where Saul brings them to Mm -hmm. um and he's like i saved your life jesse are you gonna save mine Mm -hmm. and then he has to he gets the call from walt immediately springs into action goes to the door knocks on it opens it up gail pleading for his life looking like a sad little puppy and Jesse has to put him down, and he does. Great it's, stuff. Perfect Grade ending end. to the season. I love the whole setup to
0: that too, where like they know where it's where he lives, and they know how it has to go down. And then Walt gets called to the laundry, and it's like it's when he's going to be killed. Like that is when Mike is going to kill Walt. Is in mm-hmm. that moment. And Mike has the great line where like they're trying to convince him that there's, or they're trying to lie and just be like, you know, there's an issue down in the lab, and you need to take a look at it. And there's the great double entendre line that Mike has where he says, the sooner you figure this out, Walter, the sooner we can all go home. Where it's like, I love that line. Because like the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, he's speaking to him directly. And then this time I was watching, I was like, oh, he's probably saying that as part of the convincing him to to go down and figure out, quote unquote, figure out what the issue is, even though there is no issue. And I'm like, oh, it's both. It's like a double entendre. I think it's a great line. Mm hmm. But, and then he, he gets the call from Jesse and Jesse's like, and he has to tell him to go do it now, do it now. Uh, it's just so, so tense to see all that built up. And then that brings us into season four, which is even more intense. It's just a big <laughs> chess game between Walt and Gus. And Gus makes his first move in the beginning when this just have the, it's like a very tense first half of that episode where they're just sitting and waiting for Gus. And I timed it out and, The time from when Gus enters the lab to when he leaves is like sixteen minutes. Wow, it's a long—that's intense, long, long scene where he walks in and like the whole time Walt is just begging for him not to. Like he's just like you you have to keep me here. Well, he's just making his case. Yeah, he's trying to argue him and reason
1: with him. Yeah, yeah. And it's like
0: the whole thing of watching him slowly walk down, take off his clothes. A door and all the other stuff. Take the box cutter. Kill, uh, what's his name? I forget. <laughs> God, is it Victor? I think it is, yes. Kill Victor. Sounds good. And then shower, take off the clothes. Like, what's great is after he kills Victor is just silent. It's just silent until he goes all the way up to the top, and then he says the line. What does he say? Gus says a line that's really good, and then he walks out, and then that's it.
1: I, I forget me too. But I love... Did he speak? Did he... Or maybe... He did say one thing. Okay, yeah. if it was one thing, I know, it was probably resume the cook or something. It was something like that, yeah. Anyway, there's
0: a great line that Mike has later in the episode is when uh, Walt is waiting around, waiting for someone to show up. And then Mike shows up and he, he's like, Mike, let me talk to Gus. I need to talk to Gus about this or this or that because Jesse isn't there and Tyrus is there. And Mike is like, Walter, you're never going to see him again. And <laughs> yeah. I just, I wish, because I, I try to keep track. I was like, wait, do they ever come face to face ever again? And they do the one time where he's, where Gus is like, I will kill your infant daughter. And I was like, as great a scene as that is, it would be kind of cool if he just never was face to face with Gus ever again. Like, I think that would be kind of interesting. But I do love that scene where he Gus threatens Walt.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great stuff. And as you said, this chess game, Which, of course, Walt is trying to preserve himself. He knows that there's a ticking clock on him. And that Gus will get rid of him if he's able to keep the operation going. Keep it viable. Um, And so he's doing everything he can to think of how to get out of this situation. Weasel out. Get rid of Gus. Mm -hmm. So he does that whole thing. Trying to turn Mike against Gus. Tries to get a hitman. He's trying to convince Jesse to slip Gus the ricin. Sends... He's now getting looped into their additional work. He has to also deal with Hank getting even closer and closer to the truth. So he has to sabotage his efforts later in the season, um, like trying to avoid the... Um, oh, they do... Wouldn't they come into contact at the restaurant? Yeah, that is true, yeah. too, yeah. That was the first
0: yeah. time I was like, oh, they ran into each other, yeah. that sucks. Is that moment when he
1: finally sees him again. But that's yeah. like six episodes later. Like It, it is, takes yeah. a fat minute. It was a long time, but that was good (laughs) being like, look, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I'm not going to. And Gus is like, like, do it. Do it. (laughs) it. Um, But that's great stuff. Putting the car tracker on and then trying to warn them about the chicken farm. And then when they're going to the laundry, um, having to turn into traffic. So all that stuff to try to keep everything from blowing up, trying to keep Hank from getting Too close to the truth, because then, of course, Gus and folks will come down on Hank and get rid of him, but also trying to figure a way how to get rid of Gus, trying to keep Jesse under his thumb, trying to keep them aligned. But he feels like Jesse's slipping away um, and that at any moment, Jesse will be the one to replace him, tries to uh, crawl space, tries to disappear in the end, um, but is unable to do so because of the money that went to Ted, that freak. But talk about a phenomenal scene, like the most heart-pounding, tense, and he's just laughing scene ever. Oh, yeah, It's Again, great. Acting off the charts. Again, the cinematography, seeing her silhouette, Marie's silhouette, against the mm. windows as she's pacing around. That is just like a perfect five minutes. Great finale to that. And that wasn't even, that wasn't the season finale. wasn't even the penultimate episode. Phenomenal stuff. But yeah, he goes through all these ways of trying to deal with this situation, figure things out, come out ahead, win the game. And we find that there are no limits that he's unwilling to cross in order to do that, in order to come out ahead on top,
0: to preserve mm-hmm. his
1: own life, and protect his family. What does he do? he He poisons poisons a child (laughs) he poisons a kid bro that is and we'll get to it i'm sure we'll talk about some of the other arcs that go on but unbelievable man because you did you when did you know did you anticipate at all that he had something to do with it i really i fully
0: thought that what he was saying was true and that it was probably gus who poisoned him and i was like man Gus is crazy. Like, I was like it's kind of weird they didn't show that, but that is crazy how they built that up and then they showed the plan and I was like, "No, that was crazy. Blew my mind." I was it, like, "What a great way to end that it, episode, that season. What a blew, fantastic
1: way. Blew my mind. I also again I knew how Gus died because then I was like an iconic thing. So that, I knew that too, of, yeah. but I didn't know the context of the whole Jesse being wanting to kill Walt and thinking Brock was poisoned. And in that very, very ending, the fact that he did it, he poisoned them and it zooms in on the lily of the valley, that was astonishing. I could not believe it. And the fact that, again, the details, I didn't even catch it the first time. When he's spinning the gun. He spins and it the points, gun, and it points. Because I was like, oh, that's such a cool thing. like putting the gun, and he's like, oh, the situation closed down on me. I'm going to die, and it points away from him. And he's like, oh, just a streak of optimism there, I guess. But no, it's him pointing to the... To the flower and getting that idea—it's so brilliant. It's so everything good. is set up for everything is paid off. So incredible! Ding, 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 ding,
0: ding. So good! Ding, 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 ding. Now going back to some of the character arcs, the one I want to talk about the most in season four is Hank. Hank in season four is just brilliant. Like I love how they built him up in season three. Like season two is a lot of simple character work. They're just kept putting him through some trauma and seeing how he deals with that and getting him. Dead set on the blue meth and doing all that setup and stuff, and then season three is really pushing him to his limits by putting him through the ringer with the thing with Marie, where they lie about Marie being in the hospital, and then having to deal with beating up Jazzy and the consequences with that, and then being shot and like he he has his gun taken away because he's on suspension, then getting shot and paralyzed almost, and then having to deal with recovery and growing distant with Marie and becoming abusive towards her verbally, treating her terribly. with the with the marie i asked for cheetos (laughs) cheetos not fritos how does ch sound like fra yeah cheetos just like
1: ruthless man yeah things like that
0: it's just awful stuff and then uh having all that built up and then having that become at the beginning of season four is when she goes and we bring back the kleptomaniac stuff where she is going to open houses and stealing things because she's under extreme stress from hank and that sort of takes her mind off of it that she can live a different life at these open houses. And she also sees things that she likes. So she takes them because she's stressed out. And that's how she lives that out. And then that ties into uh, Hank having to go to his connection and get Marie off her charges. And then the guy comes back. He's like, now you can do me a favor and take a look at this Gail Bedeker guy. It's kind of interesting, right? And that sets Hank off on this whole investigation that takes his mind off of Marie. takes his mind off his troubles and it helps a lot with his recovery this is sort of like building him back up is him becoming doing this investigation. And now he's finally like, he's on the right track this time. Like, like seriously, like dead on close and that he's, he's working his way towards the final conclusion that it is. Walt. And I love seeing him build all that stuff up. I love it when he's at the restaurant with, with Walter jr. and It's just totally normal. And then he, he's outside the car and he dumps the cup that uh Gus touched and puts it into an evidence bag and you're like oh shit dude the look on his face he just <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing it's fantastic everything to do with the tracking everything to do with just i love that oh i forgot to mention that the the scene where he has Gail Bettiker's diary and he's showing it to Walt and Walter Jr is showing them all the stupid like videos and stuff and he's like i guess this is my guy i guess i'm done and it could have just been ended there and his obsession would have been done like that. And then Walt gets wine drunk and gets yeah. super like tipsy and he's prideful. And he's like, you really think Gale could do this? This guy, this fucking loser guy. I mean, his work looks like it's just copying someone else's work. He's no maestro of meth. He's just a fool who knows how to copy. He just knows a couple of fun chemistry things, but he's no artiste because he's just wine drunk and just trying to. And yeah. then Skyler... Oh, and then it builds up and it builds up to Skylar being like, I think you're trying to turn yourself in. I think you're scared. And Walt's like, no, no, I am the danger. I am the one who knocks. Yeah. That was incredible. I'm not in danger. I am the danger. I love how they it just builds off so well. The the everything to do with Hank, it just ties in so much better to the season than it does in the, the previous seasons. I just think it ties in so like he just becomes such a an important he like is growing more and more important in the pieces great. that are happening and he becomes such an important part in the season and he becomes an even more important part next season. I think it's so fantastic how he gets pushed further and further into this storyline that we're we're experiencing. I think he does great as the the person he's like the what is it called the dramatic irony with his character about how we know everything and he doesn't and just mm. watching him learn it as we go along is fantastic
1: yeah brilliant brilliant stuff that they have there and as you said him going back in the hunt starting the investigation again because of walt's egomania that's what was great then the episode before that when we get that little glimpse of him showing showing that diary to to walt and we see the ww and he's like oh who do you think that could be wager wilson willy wonka walter, walter white. white you got me
0: I love that they bring that scene back at the end of the first season of season five as the way to show his realization because it's just
1: I don't know it punches even harder than because yeah he was like I was staring him right in the face like that was the clue that was the connection and now he's able to realize it's also
0: such such a good way to just clearly show uh, Hank's thought process in an instant and then end of season uh, five part one
1: yeah phenomenal stuff there but yeah, again, I, I love also, I
0: love Hank in season four. That is it's he just gets better and better as the show goes on, and I love it.
1: Yeah. But that ties into like he could have realistically made that connection there when he was looking at the diary and he sees the WW Yeah absolutely in the connection with Gail Bedecker, But we know because of his this blind spot, blind spot he has mm-hmm. with his perception of Walt as yeah, that mild mannered pushover guy. Um mm-hmm. that can't do anything it it totally prevents him from seeing the truth right then and there. Yeah. It's funny because there's so much pointing to Walt, too. Like, the fact that the, the stuff
0: used to cook blue meth was stolen from his chemistry lab, and the fact that he knows Jesse, who whose car was in possession of Tuco Salamanca, who had blue meth. Like, there's just... There's so much pointing to Walt at this point. And the fact that he still has that blind spot is believable, but it's just, like, sad like yeah. that that happened. That it could have been resolved in such a better way than it did, but crazy,
1: crazy stuff. Yeah phenomenal and yeah we talked about the unrelenting ego of walt again tipping hank off um, which is just fantastic and then the whole danger scene um, and still trying to keep jesse on his side and we see that one moment where he's talking, he's like oh my god this is all about me and he he accurately points out the fact that they like set up the them coming to kidnap or steal the money or do whatever to Jesse and Mike
0: when Mm -hmm. they're out on
1: that run, like I set that up just to test whether or not Jesse would be loyal and Mm -hmm. Walt called that. He was like, oh, this is why they're doing this. They're doing this just to keep you further from me to get them to ingratiate them to you. Um, And (laughs) he frames it in such a way that it repulses Jesse even further. Like Mm -hmm. That is great stuff. Um, And yeah, talking about Jesse this season. Uh, my man is really going through it. The difficulty of killing Gale and having mm-hmm. to deal with that absolutely puts him on like in a path of just numbing himself, dulling himself mm-hmm. to everything around him. He's has that constant party going on at his house. It's like
0: yeah, it becomes like the personification of his mental state and it becomes more and more insane and like off the rails there's people just beating each other up at a certain point and people just carving stuff on the walls and they're addicted to drugs Mm -hmm. he's just shaving people's head and he's shaving his own head i love the the part where there's like it's going crazy and stuff and then like he grabs a girl and they go to his room and they just play video games because like it's just it's him hiding away from the parts of his his brain that he's scared of because it's just he's trying to avoid this trauma i also love when he buys the big he has the big like surround sound set, and he has the game. I think it's Rage or something, and he's like shooting the zombies, but he keeps seeing Gale.
1: Mm-hmm. It's done yeah, so well. Stuff. Um, but yeah, that that's great. And then he again, we see throughout, he still has that loyalty to Walt. He continues even when he's formed this little like, unit <sighs> with Mike. Even when he goes on that that cartel trip, um, mm-hmm. to get rid of uh, all those people down there, which is great stuff with Gus. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but. Um, He still is adamant, even though he successfully did that cook and it was just as good as Walt, had the blue tint to it and everything, he still says, I'm not going to do this if you kill Walt. Like He needs to stay alive. Um, And of course, that is tested when he believes that Brock was poisoned by Walt. But then when Walt is able to convince him, and again, a great scene there, um, he's able to convince him to... Uh, not go through with it, not kill him. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess this comes back around season five. But yeah, you see, once again, his absolute affection for, for kids and the fact that he was willing to push the boundary and kill Walt or at the least. He came very, very close under that belief. And then we see what lengths he goes to once he, he finds out the truth and he completely breaks it off with Walt um, and does everything to take him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love fantastic. that he... In the same way that Walt calls it right that
0: uh, they true. set up the robbery, Jesse also calls it right immediately by saying, You had Hugh will steal it off me, and then you poison Brock. And, like, yeah, it's the, a different poison, but he still did have Hugh will steal it off you. It's just there's so many layers to the deception. Mm-hmm. The whole plan of, like, I'm going to have you steal off the ricin so that I can convince him that. Gus stole it off you and poisoned Brock. But I'm going to use a different poison to poison Brock. So once it's all done and he's not questioning whether the rice was used, we could just say the Brock just fell into some flowers and got poisoned.
1: Yeah, phenomenal stuff. Um, and then we with Skylar, again, she is a much more active part of the crime that's going on. She This is where they actually purchase the car wash. And it's interesting the way she does it. She does it through deception. She cons Bogdan into uh giving it up with the whole I don't know issues with the water pipes or something like that so making it seem like holding on to that property would be far more expensive than just selling it off now um so that's that's great and then also her her relationship with Walt as they're doing that and they're leaning into this fiction and they share it with the family um and they're like okay well now we got to start living um, living out this lie like pretending like okay we're a nice happy family that's owning this car wash together and then it sort of becomes real where they reconnect uh, and they sleep together and then right after that is a whole danger speech and then she becomes terrified of of Walt um, and progressively that that ratchet ratchet is ramps up I don't know what to say um, ratchet ratchet is up ratchets up ramps up ramps up just say ramps up <laughs> You can say it ratcheted ratchet. Ramps ratchet. Just up. say it ramps. Up. I, I needed to know. It ramps up uh at the very end with the whole I won. Uh and so of course that leads into season five, um, uh, and her her terror with Walt. But yeah, great stuff there. And then the Ted Ted stuff. I like how we again get to see her on her own having to resolve that issue mm-hmm. and trying to give ted and out giving the money uh, like making it very easy for him and then it doesn't work so she has to loop in saul and sort of not that she was going to sign off on any any violence towards ted but giving the appearance that these people are not to be messed with and if he doesn't do something there's going to be a big nasty or else coming his way and then of course he bonks his head and gets put in the hospital what a fool. Well, we don't even know what his state is at this point.
0: Like we just see Fonk his head and then we, we, we did <laughs> hear we hear like imagine watching the season to and you're like, oh, is
1: Ted dead? And then they just end the season without telling you. And you're like, I guess Ted's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so so good stuff there. Um anything else on season four that you wanted to mention?
0: Uh, I love the character stuff for Skylar, where she is. It's after she becomes terrified of Walt, and she's actively avoiding him. She's like submitting to what he wants. She has that scene where she goes to the four corners, uh, and like is like flipping a coin to determine which state she should go in, but she ultimately can't like go through with it, so she just comes back. Uh, seeing her in that terrified position from especially like I think the thing that is the nail in the coffin is when she tells in crawl space when she tells him that she gave the money to Ted and he's laughing and she just like like looks just so horrified with him. Like it's just not the man she married or the man she fell in love with.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. Definitely, definitely. All right, take us into season five. Season five, dude. So Gus is dead.
0: Got him. He's, he's fat he's dead. Gone.
1: Oh, we didn't even take, I mean, talk about great ways to bring things back and how everything is a setup for something that comes later. The whole Hector Salamanca bit, mm. um, where we see their relationship and he constantly visits Hector just to taunt him. Mm. And then when he brought Jesse there that one time, just to get in show, like, oh, remember this guy who killed your what, nephew, Tuco? He also mm-hmm. killed your son, so your line is dead now. And that is the information that Jesse is able to give to Walt that allows Walt to kill Gus, ultimately. That is just yeah. fantastic. It's great stuff.
0: It is. Can I just say in the part where gus is about to die when waltz is hiding around the corner and the old lady next door is like
1: Hello. Hello. it's so
0: yeah. funny i'm like well, <laughs> what is what is this for what does this do it is like, it is very very funny it bringing us into season five this is the ultimate season Walt is now fully morally corrupt his line has been pushed to the point where it can keep getting put we know that it can always push farther and that he pretty much has no line at this point. And so now he's fully formed as Heisenberg and is ready to become his own Kingpin. He, he, there is At the beginning of each season, there's like a hesitation to continue making meth, but at the beginning of season five, he's like, all right, let's keep going. He's fully ready to make more meth. First, they just wrap up the business with Gus. They get rid of the evidence and all that, and they're good to go. And now he's like, all right, let's, let's gear up again. Let's find a new way to do this. I think it's a great montage watching uh, Jesse, Walt, Mike, and Saul just tour different places uh, and learning about like meth. Like we can't cook here for this and this and that. It's too much. Uh, it's gonna the food. The tortillas are gonna taste like meth, or there's too much uh, moisture in the air. It's gonna ruin the batch. Yada yada yada. And then he settles on just cooking in people's houses, which is kind of cool. Yeah, right. I think it's a a great sort of segue from them going from an RV to a full lab to just pitching tents in people's houses and just doing it that way. Like it's it's like the full combination of their creativity coming together and being like, what's the line? There is no line. Let's just do it this way. Let's just cook in people's houses. Who cares? Let's do it this way. Let's do it that way. I think it's fantastic. Um he's just building up this whole empire. He's getting meth from Lydia, who's a new character that's introduced, who's very obnoxious. Uh <laughs> For sure, Mike gets a lot of development in the season, the first half of the season that he's in. Uh, We get a lot of great stuff where we learn more about his part of the business. We learn more about how he's dealing with the issues with people getting, the people in the Empire getting arrested, Gus's Empire getting arrested and all that, him trying to deal with all that stuff. Uh, We learn more about uh, Mike and his family and all that kind of stuff. I think it's all done super, super well. I just, I uh, this is like the first half of the season is all just building up this empire for Walt and him making all these choices and being willing to do whatever it takes. When when Mike tells him about the witnesses in prison, he's just like, "Could we not just kill them? Like, right. like without even like his first second off. thought? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like, when they're divvying up the money and he's talking about the legacy costs, he's like, "Why are we paying so much when we could just kill them? Like this is ridiculous. Let's just
1: end it now." Yeah, that stuff. Is so good. And I love that, again, we had talked about before, where there's these moments where you can see where he's justified. You can see where he's coming from. You can still be aligned with him. Here in season five, you just have full freedom to just hate Walt. And I love that they do that. Mm -hmm. Because he's disgusting in this season. He's absolutely repulsive. The things that he'll do. And he's so power mad. He's so high off his own ego. Like, it is just... It's so fun to watch, but you really see Walt as this despicable, horrible person. Not just because of those. Again, his first thought is now just killing people, um, not when he has to. Like there isn't out with the money that Mike is talking about. It's not like he there's no other way. The money choosing to do lives. Exactly. So you see how his morality has shifted since the very, very beginning um, when he's doing those self-defense kills you'd see even in his interaction with his family the way that he's asserting that dominance pretending that everything's okay when clearly i mean skylar she's just numb at this point like she's not engaging with him at all mm-hmm. um and he's pretending like everything's okay like snuggling up against her when they're in bed um when they're at that dinner party and she's just not talking and is starting to walk over to the uh the pool and he's still just continuing on with the story. Um, all that stuff is great. He tries to clamp down on the other members. Like they do it as a three way democracy and everyone has a vote. Um, but he's obviously trying to manipulate Jesse into doing his own bidding. Um, mm-hmm. And that whole bit about them trying to sell the methylamine, uh, and to get rid that and then just take their cut and get out. And he. he tries to prevent that as much as he can. And then he just steals the tank of methylamine from them, um, right. Going behind their back to do that. And then when they do sell it or maybe they don't sell it, but they're like, Hey, I'll, I will continue to cook this stuff off and you will be my distribution. Um, They say that to those, those other guys. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Mike gets his cut. Jesse gets his cut, but then Walt says, you're not going to have the best meth cook in the world. You're going to have the best too. And he's like making these decisions for Jesse, saying like, no, you're going to continue cooking with me. And he's like, Jesse, I just need you to help me get this operation off the ground. It's a big transition. Like he's trying to keep Jesse in the fold, even though Jesse mm-hmm. has expressed many times, he's just trying to get out. He's just trying to go. Then mm-hmm. um, he has to settle for Todd. I know, right? Just Bro, Todd
0: on. is, is one of I think Todd's the best character that's introduced in season five. I think everything they do with Todd is fantastic. And I think Jesse Fleming's performance is <laughs> just being so childish and so like inquisitive about everything and yet so clearly psychopathic is yeah, just done so well. And I think like it's even built upon even more in El Camino. Like he he's able to bring the character back in such a good way in, in that movie. But the whole train episode where they're robbing the train is is start to finish fantastic flawless perfect todd killing the kid and having that be the reason why mike and and jesse are out flawless fantastic calls upon jesse's of course uh, desire for children to be safe especially innocent children yeah he's in big
1: we have a lot of big growth moments for jesse where we see how far he's come he not only comes up with the idea to to use the magnets Right, because Walt mm-hmm. and Mike were arguing about that, and he was just sitting there like, magnets, magnets. So he comes up with that idea, which works. He comes up with the idea of, what if we don't have to kill any of the people on the train? Because Mike is insisting, like, anytime we leave witnesses in a heist, that's mm-hmm. how you get caught. Um, but he's saying, what if nobody knows, and so that there are no witnesses? So he comes up with those ideas, and then he emphasizes... Again, after the kid gets shot, he wants out. It's terrible for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he's also saying, it's like a speech to Walt, where he's like, we always say that no one else will get hurt. Like, you always get that reassurance, but then somebody always does. And I can't keep doing that, so I need to get out. He doesn't want to be the
0: bad guy anymore. Yeah,
1: and Walt is like, if you do that, then you won't get my money, or you won't get your money. And And he goes, whatever. Jesse says, yeah, okay, fine. You keep it. And then Walt is screaming like, blah, blah, blah. but yeah, Jesse finally was able to, to get out and didn't even want the money. He just wanted to be done with the business mm-hmm. for good. So that was great stuff for him mm-hmm. and he even greater stuff for showing how far Walt has fully leaned into this Heisenberg persona, mm-hmm. um, become the true villainous kingpin that he is. So that stuff's fantastic. Skyler as well the season in that first half where she's completely numb to it, trying to avoid, um, Walt at all costs and knows because that whole death situation, she just doesn't believe that they're going to be safe anymore, especially mm-hmm. if Walt is continuing with what he's doing. Yeah. So her being the hostage in her own home, she wants to make sure that at least her kids are safe. She wants them out of the house. And so She does that stunt, right, that whole pool thing uh, in order to to give cause for her to give the kids over to Hank and Marie. Um, And so she's able to do that. And, oh, that is such a good scene as well. Their argument where he's like, what are you going to do? What if next time you do this, I just say that you're crazy and put you in a mental hospital? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The best thing I can do is just wait. What are you waiting for? For you to die. For the cancer to come back. Like, that's just so good. And yeah, her saying, I'm not good at this. I don't have your magic. All This is the best I could come up with. But yeah, all I'm waiting for is for you to have your cancer come back. Ooh, mm-hmm. such a gut punch. Because that Bolt, as much as he's trying to overlook all the signs pointing to the fact that things are not okay, he's losing his family here. Or at least Skylar. Uh, That shows him without a doubt what her perception of him now is. As -hmm. you said, yeah, this is not the man that she fell in love with. So Grace up there and then Hank in the beginning, the first half of the season, him getting even closer, getting that promotion, but now he's obsessed. So he's definitely playing favorites with uh, the Heisenberg case. Still trying to pursue that, figure that Mm -hmm. out. And, of course, the lead comes to an end when all those witnesses get killed in prison simultaneously because Walt goes through with it because Mike is now dead because he shot Mike. I love the the
0: scene where he shoots Mike because he, like, shoots him just out of frustration and then immediately walks up and he's like, I didn't have to do this. I could have gotten the names from Lydia. I'm sorry, Mike. (laughs) And Mike's just like, shut up, Walter. and Just let me die in peace.
1: Yeah. That's fantastic stuff, too. Because, again, it was his – he was driven by his ego and pride and emotions in that moment and just shot Mike for no reason. He didn't need to. Again, partially, it was – I think he probably still would have ended up going through with it, doing that. But the fact that, yeah, it wasn't even necessary. Like, he didn't need to confront Mike about the names um, was a great touch that they added.
0: Uh And it does wrap a nice bow on Mike's character that they don't have to worry about. He's, he was a loose end, and now he's no longer a loose end. So exactly. it does wrap up that character very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we get the whole montage where he's making a bunch of meth, and it's getting sold all over the country, and in, what is it, Croatia or something?
1: Yeah. Something like foreign
0: that. markets. So it's doing gangbusters everywhere, and he's making so much money that Skylar can't even count it. Like she he's it's just so much cash money that it's just taking taking up a huge pile in this storage locker in the middle of nowhere. And so he's like, All right, I retire. And then so the end of the first half of the season is he's retired, everyone's happy, they've got a bunch of money, they're laundering it, there's no more meth, there's no more problems, everything's doing great. Man, and then and then Hank has to take a shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> he went Hank to the crapper and found, to found shit, out shit, bro. I wish there was like I know they couldn't go back in time to set it up better but I do wish there was more setup with the book like I know they they do enough to where it's fine like I'm, I'm still happy with it but the book like doesn't make an appearance until this episode like there's no part where like Gale gives him the book or anything or they don't do any parts later where they flash back and show a scene where he gives him the book or anything and I'm like it would have been nice to have that sort of like like it would have been crazy if they set that up like in season two or season three. They have Gail like give him the book and it's like an important mo- unimportant thing and then it like comes back later. Like it just would have been like a thousand times better if they could have set it up that way. But I know they don't have like the forethinking to fully come up with that in the moment. And so they're just doing what they have. And of course, using the Walt Whitman book as sort of a connection is still a great idea.
1: Right, because they do have at least the Walt Whitman moment where he reads the learned astronomer or like Mm -hmm. he recites that gail does to walt in season three and then the season four moment where we look at the ww so we see that exact same message and then at some point in season five they show walt picking up that book looking at it as yeah yeah. they they set it up in season five yeah Yeah, they do enough but yeah that would have been insane if we actually got to see the book but i mean i guess we understood at least enough of like there was yeah it was enough of a connection to be okay Yeah. yeah About the whole Walt Whitman thing. But yeah, I also love... It's still a great cliffhanger, though. It is. And I love the fact that, again, we got the happy ending. Like, this would have been... Had he not yeah. gone to take a dump in that moment. Had Walt not had this... Jesse
0: would have been with Andrea and Brock. And I know, Walt would have been with his family. And they would have had a bunch of money each. And, like, yeah, Mike's dead and all, but... Our, our main characters that we've been with since the beginning would have had that happy ending and then it just it all goes to to shit in the second half i know season, which is not it's the I, way to do it
1: bro i love when that happens though when they have this like false ending where you could see this is how it could have ended this is where we could have left things but then mm-hmm. nope, things still gotta fall apart and that's where we get the second half of season five which yes. is just nonstop brilliance. I know the absolute culmination. Again, everything it's just a non-ending sequence of payoffs. Everything comes to fruition here. We finally get Hank discovering this bit and he puts it all together and he confronts Walt. And that again is perfect mm-hmm. all around the writing, the cinematography, the performances out of this world. His the thing Brian Cranston does as well when he does that threat about maybe your best course is to tread lightly. Like just awake, it's so sinister at the very end there when he does tread lightly. Touches like that. It's just pure perfection. Um, but yeah, that is all amazing. And we see uh, like one of the most interesting parts is Skyler's reaction to it, because she she sides with Walt against Hank and Marie. And she does so because she thinks she when she's talking with Hank and he's talking about, oh, I just need something on the record that I can bring in. She knows he has this idea. He has an inkling, but he doesn't have the actual proof yet. So she mm-hmm. thinks that Walt can still wiggle out of this and that therefore the family doesn't need to find out. They don't need to see their father as this horrible drug pin person. And if they wait it out long enough, it'll just go away when Walt does when he dies. Mm-hmm. So she chooses to. To be on Walt's side. Mm-hmm. And not help Hank and Marie, um, particularly Hank with that investigation. So that's fantastic. I also love Hank here. We've seen it built up this sort of obsession, but mm-hmm. now it it is balls to the wall here because it's it was right under his nose the whole time. His own mm-hmm. brother in law, and he knows if he goes in, they'll be like, "What the heck? You're fired," um, because you miss this obvious. Obvious person in your life, but it, at this point he's also so caught up in being the person that is going to take down this Heisenberg that now he's getting influenced by his pride. His ego is making him want to pursue this without all the major resources of the DEA and bringing people in. He's going to do this himself and on his own because it has to be him. That's just the way he sees it now. He's too deep in this in this hunt of his. Um, so I like that. And throughout the season we also get to see him going to unseemly lengths like we already saw that with the whole Gus thing um like working outside the law but now he's actively deceiving persons of interest like the whole thing with Huel coming up Mm -hmm. with the the photo of Jesse's brains out on the kitchen floor yeah um and then later on putting Jesse in danger just to get something on Walt. That whole conversation about, oh, we'll put a wire on him and have them talk to Walt. But Steve Gomez is like, hey, he could be a riskier. What if something happens to him? And Hank doesn't care. He says, well, if he gets killed, then there's our proof. Things like that are just so good because everyone in this season, like everyone in particularly the back half of the season, just becomes their worst selves. Like they all are pushed to the brink of you know their goodness just insanity bro it is yeah we see uh, like Skyler, Maria, i
0: would say marie's at her best self bro When she's standing by her husband and she slaps skylar and she's like what's she wrong did. with you <laughs> and she take she tries to take the kids bro
1: mm-hmm. marie marie is on her good shit in, in this part bro. but we uh, see again just they're leaning into their worst things things her saying at the dinner table which again every single i mean every episode every scene was incredible in this back half for sure. Mm. But seeing that little dinner of them, the four of them coming together, and then Marie. And so the just, waiter keeps going,
0: can I get you guys any water? Yeah, like, that's <laughs> great.
1: But then Marie's like, just kill yourself, Walt. If you're going to just try to wait this out until you die, why don't you just do it already? Just kill yourself.
0: It would solve a lot of the problems. <laughs>
1: it would be- like, yeah. like,
0: that is Marie on her best shit, bro. She's just like, you want a solution? Just go
1: ahead and die, Walt. Just die. Yeah. Things like that. Skyler, uh, at a point in the like rabid dog episode, I think it is. She's after Jesse comes and almost burns down the the house. Mm-hmm. Right, he gets high on meth once he finds out the whole Bronx situation. He was pointing a gun at Saul, which I don't think was going to do a thing. But again, like leaning into your worst instincts, doing. I mean, he's just he's just literally actions. a rabid
0: dog. Like he's just going yeah. insane,
1: and he's then just going
0: so furious
1: to the house and pouring the gasoline everywhere he's about to burn it down and he's only stopped by hank Thanks. coming in and saying let's work together on this which is great as well because of their whole history and now mm-hmm. they're they are the ones aligned together that's great um and then skyler when she finds out that that happened she tells walt to take care of it she wants walt to kill jesse because she's like we've done so much already what's one more her leaning into her worst instincts is great Um, And then, of course, Walt, I mean, we see him multiple times, multiple times do that uh, major thing with the confession tape, which also blew my mind. The fact that this man did that, Mm and it is so, so well done. Like he does that whole. It's a good callback to the pilot. I know. Yeah. Uh, And that whole, those kernels of truth. Um, But then masking it in this idea that Hank is actually the. The mastermind, and
0: they paid for all of and their the money. Yes, that's uh, so
1: good. And then Hank, who never knew about that, goes to Marie and is like, "What? What are they what talking did about? What did you do? What did you do? Yeah, that's they so told fantastic." Me it was gambling money. <laughs> He's like, "You killed me. I'm done. You killed me." So that, that's fantastic. And then in *Ozymandias*, we get to see like the best of Walt and then also the absolute worst of him. We see him try to save Hank. When Jack and all of them show up, he's mm-hmm. willing to trade the $80 million, his life's work essentially, for Hank's life. and says, look, I'll give this to you if you just let Hank go. At that moment, he had put family over the money and all his business and the empire. Yeah. Um, but right after that, after Hank's dead, he says... Oh, there's Jesse. You didn't fulfill your end of the bargain. You need to kill Jesse. There he is. And then they were going to shoot him. But then they're like, like oh, what are steps in. Todd's like, but wait, <laughs> he can cook the meth pretty good too.
0: We can just take him and then we'll kill him once he teaches me. And then Wall's right. like, sure.
1: Yeah, he's like, that's fine. But then he can't let it rest there. What uh, does he the do? Best, <laughs> the best line,
0: the best line in the whole show I watched Jane die
1: it's so good ding, ding 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 it's incredible like he just buries the knife into jesse man it was insane just brutal just absolutely brutal like doing the worst things that you could possibly do to a person signing off on his death essentially but then also signing off on his being a slave and then also signing off on telling him about the truth of the worst moments in his life, with and Jane. him
0: and making him have that realization that he, it's not his fault and he's not the bad guy. That Walt is the bad, the true, true, true bad guy in his life, and the, the reason that everything that has gone wrong in his life and all the people that in life has that have suffered, it's because of Walt. Every single person, Jane wasn't his fault. The people in the uh the the planes weren't his fault. It's all been Walt this whole time. Just the the final nail in Jesse's like mental state coffin.
1: Yeah. Well, Um, not the final, now. Yeah, phenomenal stuff. And then, but then later in that episode, at the very end, after they have that whole fight um, with Hank and Skyler, and it it all crumbles down. Everything falls apart here for for Walt in every single way. The money gets taken. Hank gets taken. His family gets taken. His legacy gets taken. Um, When that whole goes, that goes down, and he tries to take Holly, but then eventually has to give her back. He calls Skylar, knowing the police are there, and then frames his conversation in a way that makes it seem like Skylar was completely and totally just a victim and was never a participant in mm. uh, in their schemes. Just a ruthless phone call. You bitch! <laughs> I know, I really went for it there. Um, but yeah, that stuff was great. And again, when I first watched this, without having all the context, I thought that was real i thought that was Walt. i uh, mean yeah i was like oh my
0: god he's going well even without the context even in that like building up to that moment i was watching the phone call i was like he's really going all in here he's just so upset and i was like this seems a little out of character and then he had the conversation with saul and saul's like yeah the phone call is a nice bit it's gonna help her a lot but then this and this and, this. and i'm like oh okay so this was a ruse in order to save her some guilt and yeah. i'm like that is genius but also in the moment it's just so intensely insane like the whole build-ups of that where they're fighting over the knife and then she stabs him and walter jr has to get in the way and then he takes the baby and she's just in the street just screaming
1: covered in bl- his blood It's so good again we will go all into that in our Mandy's episode one day but yeah that was that's crazy and then going through on my my first legitimate viewing having all that context and being able to see that scene again and realizing oh my god he's doing this for her not too hurt, like that uh, it's so is so incredible, it's so amazing- incredible, so that was phenomenal, but yeah, you get to see again the best sides of him come out trying to legitimately save family, even at the expense of everything he's been building up mm-hmm. for these past few seasons, but then also the absolute worst, which of course is targeted at jesse um, phenomenal stuff that we see there, and then I also like wrapping up in the final few episodes, which is a great finale. I mean, talk about mm-hmm. having build up for that, yeah. a perfect buildup, but then being able to deliver at the very end is also just unspeakably incredible. Uh, but his ego brought him down right with the book with Hank finding out. And then also with his money, uh, that call from Jesse was brilliant, getting him where, uh, his heart really is and doing the whole barrel situation. Um, and then ego is the thing that kicks him into high gear one last time when after that crushing call with Wall Jr. where he's told that he's hated, they don't want the money, everything he did was for nothing essentially. Uh, he calls the DEA and is going to give himself up. He's ready to turn himself in. Which is also interesting that he chose to he, – he was going to turn himself in instead of just killing himself. Yeah. Which quite a choice. Cause we'd I seen, think he's
0: fully willing to – accept penance for his crimes he's so lonely and so sad and like he's aware that this is all just so horrible he would just rather you just accept penalty for his crimes than spend another minute in this sort of self-isolation that he's in
1: right yeah and great. he also
0: he's also doing it to save skylar the trouble because if if he turns himself in
1: the heat will come off her it's true so yeah but then he sees the gretchen and ellie message where they say that his one contribution was the name for great matter. And that pisses him off. And so we see him get into action. And then a great, great usage of the theme song. Hearing it in full as it as it tracks over to the empty. Well, I guess it still had the beer in it. But yeah. Just the, the, whiskey. the whiskey in the bottle. And he's gone. And he's back in action. And then the whole finale. Where he comes and brings vengeance to the the Nazis. And he's able to save Jesse. It's been great things. The way that we have uh, him threaten Gretchen Elliot, playing on... Using Badger and Skinny Pete, bro. Yeah, that is that was amazing. Amazing. Fantastic. to bring them back in one last time. But playing on their fear of who he's become. And then ultimately, it's just <laughs> Skinny Pete and Badger um, that he's using to threaten them with. But So he secures getting money to his family in a way that they would actually take it. Uh, He finds out that Jesse is still alive. Uh, And so that sort of changes the trajectory of his plans a bit. Uh, But he does, he gets his hands on some guns, is preparing, uh, using his genius one last time to prepare this sort of trick and ruse that he's going to use to take them out. He confronts Skylar one last time, is able to see her one last time. And we finally get, in great fashion, an admittance of what he was doing this all for himself. Exactly. I did it for me. I liked it. I was alive. We finally got to see acknowledgement of what was a major part of his motivation for doing all this stuff. Of course, it wasn't like the first motivation and many times he was, I think legitimately doing out of family, but it did not need to go this far
0: it went far because he just he felt powerful exactly he liked the way it felt
1: he liked having that power and he had lived that ordinary life where he felt he was just a pushover he didn't have he didn't feel fulfilled he didn't feel like he had all the things that he should have because he let them slip away because mm-hmm. he wasn't dominant enough he didn't take control mm-hmm. and so this was that last chance to bow out of life while living it to the fullest but of course we mm-hmm. saw what consequences that held for him yeah there's
0: a lot of great scenes throughout the show where it shows like his younger self like when he's talking with gretchen and they're like doing the body count the percentage count in season one and like when he's like touring the house initially with Skyler when she's pregnant with walter jr and he's just like this cocky kind of guy who's very much confident Is very he's like he's like it's like a starter house maybe what do you want like five bedrooms and it would be like big like we we're making plenty of money from the company and all this like he's super cocky you compare that to where he's where we first met him in season one, and it's like, oh, all these things that – he was always this kind of guy, but these things that put him down and knocked him down in, in this – everything that he did to put him in this position where he, he left Gretchen and he left the company, maybe settled for a high school job, and he settled being a dad, and he was just very much like he, – he put himself in this weak sort of position, but he was always this, this strong guy, and it just came out of him in this worst way possible.
1: Exactly, yeah. It was his last hurrah because he wasn't able to deliver on the rest of his life. So, yeah, he had to make this one final bit count. Um, and so we see that. And again, just phenomenal scene that entire way. Like the, little, the way the camera moves over, and we find that Walt was standing in there the whole time as Marie calls to warn mm-hmm. Skyler. It's great. Uh, like all that's fantastic. Skyler having the relief, the weight lifted off her shoulders, of finally having this honesty from. From this man that she was with for 20-something years, has two children Mm -hmm. with, finally is able to see this realist glimpse of who he is now. That's fantastic. And then he gets one last moment with Holly and then has to see Walt Jr. from a distance since he's hated by him. Mm -hmm. All that very heavy stuff, great stuff. And then following through with his plan to kill Jack and all of them and save Jesse... Uh, we see again, like he legitimately at this point in time makes the effort to save Jesse. He pretends to be angry that he's been kept alive, so that they'll bring Jesse to him and kill him in front of him. But all that is just a ploy to get Jesse uh, in front of them so that he can hop on him, save him as he starts the the gunfire, and everyone gets shot up. and And while on top of Jesse, saving Jesse in the act of saving him, while Get shot. Ricochet bullet, bro. Hits him right in the side. Mm-hmm. Damn. And so that, again, is a great little moment where he, again, technically didn't need to do this at all. It wasn't self serving to save Jesse in this moment. He could have just clicked the car key and got shot with the rest of them, or he could have hid down as it happened um, and had them all get shot. But he chose to make sure that Jesse got saved as this act of penance right all this is him getting closure tying all the loose ends that were hanging in his life putting at least some things right that he can which i think came from probably acceptance that he had in the self-isolation that oh yeah i was the horrible person i was the bad guy look at all the destruction i caused um, and so this is that one final gesture he can make towards jesse to put some of the things right for all the torment that he put him through And I think that's beautiful, man. It is beautiful. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then uh, just that last moment too of Walt manipulating Jesse into doing something that was self-serving for him, saying, go ahead, do it. I know you want to. And then Jesse is like, you say it. Say the word. Say you want this. It's amazing. And then Jesse doesn't kill Walt despite all that hatred, I'm sure. He's like, nah, you do it. Uh, And then they share that one final look. Of understanding, appreciation. Who knows? A word that, a uh, look that held a thousand words in it. And they say, okay, you, hey, you know, it's
0: you know, it's insane. We'll From start to finish, this show is a span of two years, and the bulk of it is just one year itself. Like I inter- know. in the story world, like it's just crazy that <laughs> everything happens within the span of a year. Like talk about the worst year ever for these people.
1: An absolute roller coaster of a year for sure. <laughs>
0: insane. Anyway, that is our. Big discussion on Breaking Bad that wraps out season five. Just for some final, lasting overall impressions of the show, what was your favorite season, Ryan, and why?
1: Uh, Season five, of course. Again, as we said, I do hold to the belief that every single season in the show uh, is better than the last. I agree. It just you keeps do agree. getting better. I do agree. It gets you, better and better as it goes along. You had said in one of our previous talks that you thought season mm. four was better, but you have now shifted. Having actually, well, I said that before I rewatched it and having rewatched oh. it,
0: season five is just nonstop. Like I do, I miss Gus because uh, he's not, a, of course, it's not a part
1: of season five, but dude, it is just nonstop in season it is. five. And as I said, it it's incredible. It's the culmination of everything, everything that's come before it. And also one mm. of the major story engines for Breaking Bad is... That tension of Ooh, is hank gonna find out that his d e a or that his brother in- law mm-hmm. is um is a meth kingpin mm-hmm. so that finally gets revealed we finally get to see all that come together and we get to see mm-hmm. Walt get all his come up right we get to see him fully lean into the villain role and then we also get to see him have everything taken away from him both of those come in season five so it's just it's amazing and the fact that they're able to deliver and execute on this finale in a perfect way i mean that is something that you truly gotta appreciate because we see how so many shows they diminish over time this one just gets better and better and it raises better the stakes it gets more intense and more complex mm-hmm. and it all works it all comes together and all succeeds so good absolutely brilliant well so by by I mean, yeah. uh, process of elimination <laughs> your least favorite season is season one yes but again is I there also, any particular reasons why uh, just for the reason i said i mean everything complicates and gets better and, and more complex and intense mm-hmm. as it goes along um and so yeah by process of elimination season one is the least of all those things but it's still amazing in its own right like i i truly love season one so much it's better than a whole number of shows uh and it's again the the quote-unquote weakest part of breaking bad so yeah phenomenal phenomenal show Mm. and now your top three characters dude i love them all they're so good Mm -hmm. i mean walt is number one just because he's such an incredibly written character i mean the depth and complexity that dude has Mm -hmm. is amazing one of the most well-written characters of all time surely Absolutely, so he's got to be up there. And then Jesse, who's also phenomenal, also has a great actor portraying him, bringing him to life. And We see so many shades to him, so many sides to him. And it's just heartbreaking. The journey he goes through. He has to suffer so much. Uh, and mm-hmm. he, at that certain point, when he believes that he is the bad guy, that's just so heartbreaking. But thankfully, he is able to, to break out of that mindset and then is able to get free of all of this this entire situation by the end of it, um, certainly going to be scarred physically, mentally for life. But thankfully, he's made it out. And I imagine he'll, he'll be a great person. He'll be who he truly is. The good guy. Exactly. And um, third? I don't know. I love them all. They're so good. <laughs> like they all work so well for what, for what they're doing. Um, I'd have to, I, don't know, I guess I'll say Hank just because I love the development that he had, because he could have been just a side character, but the way that they fleshed him out into a true main character his own right, and we see him essentially become, like, he's a hero for a lot of it, right? The quote-unquote hero. He's trying to take down the um, the bad guy, the criminal. But we get far more than just that. We get so many dimensions to him, and we see how, while he's the antagonist to Walt, he's using a lot of the same techniques and has a lot of his similar shortcomings with his pride and ego mm-hmm. and that, um that Walt does. So I think they also took him in a brilliant direction. Um, and he's also just fun. There's a lot of great one-liners he has. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Hank Schrader. Um, my, number three.
0: my list is very close. It goes Hank number three because of all the things you just said. I think he's so fantastic. I love what they do with his character. I love how they transform him over. Over time, I love how he responds to situations. I love how he changes. Uh, I think it's just fantastic. My number two is Walt, just because, I mean, every single scene, Brian Kranz is in, he's stealing the show. The character is so phenomenal. It's just so well performed, so well constructed. Just everything about it is just incredible. But my number one is Jesse. Watching this last time, dude, I just fell in love with Jesse. Just watching him go through the ringer i think it's as well written as you say walt is which he is i would say
1: jesse is just as well written because they just they know exactly i mean they are because i mean they're all written by the same writing team i mean yeah Um, it's just that walt's character has just so much because again you can start out loving him or at least knowing why he's doing what he's doing and Mm -hmm. believing in that and then towards the end you're able to hate him um but then you're still mixed at the very very end when he does those good things and he Mm-hmm. ties up all his hands and sort of frees Jesse mm-hmm. and it's like partial redemption that he has there, but you still you still hate him, but you understand him so deeply. Like I don't know. That's just I think it's in a great a great accomplishment they made with that character. And it's so yeah, what they absolutely. set out to do and the fact that they delivered on it is fantastic. But I mean yeah Jesse yeah. again it's just but Jesse threw it through and just beautiful. How
0: beautiful his story is and how, how well it's it's come to a bow in El Camino is just fantastically done. I was debating my number three with Hank because I was like uh, – because uh, Hank would never have made the list had I not watched it this last time because mm-hmm. Hank – just this last time I'm watching it, Hank was just phenomenal. Hank was the best. But before that, I was debating between Saul and Mike. But honestly, they just, they don't have enough development in this show, and I, what I'm bringing in is my knowledge from Better Call Saul mm-hmm. is affecting that decision because they are – in dude, in Better Call Saul, they are fantastic. Mike is number one character. Saul is number two character. Well, like, they are – they are so well written and so well developed in that show that it it impacts how I view them in Breaking Bad. Having rewatched it, right. it's all so you need to watch Better Call Saul and then rewatch Breaking Bad to see how it goes because it's it's just seeing how different I view their characters than when I initially watched it is insane.
1: Dang. But yeah, I definitely will end up doing that. It's all I was like, but I w- I was wondering how the prequel would work just because the way that he is. Mm-hmm. now in Breaking Bad I was like yeah. well, how could they have such an intense development like what we've seen Jesse go through and we've seen Walt go through and Hank go through it's genius um, I'm telling you dude it's I'm genius. excited to see it because I'm like yeah I don't understand how looking at the endpoints of Walt and Jesse and Hank and all them seeing Saul's endpoint as Already. Breaking Bad I was yeah. like how does he get there because it's I don't know it's it'll insane be like
0: it's literally insane how he gets there and it's so good Anyway, unfortunately, that is all the time we have. This two and a half hour show. Now we could
1: go on forever. We really yeah, could, we really it's, could. it's we left
0: out a lot of stuff. We will So go watch the show if you haven't already. If you've gotten to this point and haven't watched it, like that'd be crazy. But yeah, what the heck go rewatch know? it. Yeah, and you know everything now. But go rewatch it as soon as you finish this episode. You should be putting on episode one of Breaking Bad to go rewatch it. It's so phenomenal. But thank you for listening. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show or make a suggestion for the movie of the week, you can email us at theboxoffishow@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
1: Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade.
0: Be sure to listen in whenever we release our next episode. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Week? Fuck. Rest of your day, rest <laughs> of your afternoon, whatever you're doing right now, have a great time. Thank you for listening. Jazzy! <laughs>